I've just got that DMZ trailer going in the background right now. I don't even know. Is that's a comic, right? DMZ yeah, sorry, it's a comic. I can't remember who wrote the comic originally. Oh, Brian Wood. It was a DC like, but more like a Vertigo kind of book, right? Like not like set in their main universe or anything. If it, it was like something I own. had in my comicsology in the days of yore when comicsology was a usable. Thing. <laughs> I heard Amazon fucking borked it pretty bad. Oh my god! I haven't, I haven't, I haven't had the fucking masochistic uh, urge to go in or the sadistic urge. Yeah, I guess masochistic urge to go in and experience it for myself yet. You have to understand, like most of my comic book reading happens in comicsology and has for yeah. basically two decades almost now. Really? Yeah. So, well, maybe more like at least the last decade hardcore. I've been reading like comicsology almost exclusively. So mm. my library, which has thousands of comics in it, is <laughs> fucked. Like, there's no way to sort anything. I can't tell what I own, and it's just like in the library. It is a fucking disaster. So welcome back, everybody, to Dance Robot Dance. This is episode <laughs> 292. I'm Mark. I'm here with Tim. He is in Toronto. I am in St. Catharines. We saw the Batman this week. That's what we we're just talking about, really. We're going to get through the news as fast as possible because we know we're going to be talking about the goddamn Batman for <laughs> 300 wow. million years. Yeah. I actually don't have a ton to say about it. I've got like three things that like bugged me and the rest of them I'm like, this was really good. Yeah. Thank you for doing this right. You know what I mean? For the most part, I'm like, all right, cool. We, we got everything. Uh, I could have, you know, I don't like Robert Pattinson very much. But I mean, like, aside <laughs> from that, it's a fucking good movie. So yeah. we'll just, let's just roll through this news. Apparently, first off, fuck. Vladimir Putin right in his fuckhole or whatever. I don't know. <sighs> anyway, uh, the continued saga of the formerly Netflix Marvel shows. I don't know how we're going to refer to these shows now that they're all on Disney Plus just as Disney Plus shows. Yeah, I think we just got, I mean, you can't even just call them the Defender shows, right? Because that doesn't cover Punisher. No, it does not cover Punisher at all. Because, I mean, aside from him being in Daredevil, he was not in Defenders. I'm sure yeah. if they've gotten around to doing another season of Defenders, they would have like roped him in because, like, He's the second. That was the second best show out of those <laughs> shows, probably. Uh, I, uh, Jessica I think Jones Jessica was Jones good was for the there. first season. No, Jessica Jones was good for the first season and shit the bed two years in a row. <laughs> Punisher was solid. Maybe not as it was never as good as Jessica Jones' first season was. Yeah, but it was solid for two years. Whereas Jessica Jones was like amazing, and then like wow, what happened? <laughs> right. And Daredevil was consistently good for like most of its run. Defenders yeah. was a little odd. That's a weird one. They got to include that iron fist did you yeah, see the exactly. trailer they put out disney plus put out a trailer this week about those shows coming over to their service like oh, i missed that and like it's intercut with all this cool scenes of like luke cage jessica jones and the purple man i can't remember his name right now uh <laughs> david tennant and yeah. daredevil obviously lots of daredevil and punisher no iron fist <laughs> oops surprise surprise so he's there that's a thing but like those shows are now all like all, they're on disney plus everywhere so everybody can just shut the fuck up about the pg-13 thing it's gonna happen already. I, I thought it was march 16th they're coming they're well, already yeah, there? sorry march 16th yeah, yeah yeah whatever they're coming whenever whenever we get them up here everybody gets them in disney plus yeah they're not going to hulu shut up about pg-13 yeah all the people that were like they're not gonna put rated r things on disney plus which they already have with all the stars content so yeah, because in canada they already did and they they do not differentiate canada and united states that much Mm-hmm. When it comes to content stuff, especially Disney, like they're we are one homogenous grouping of white folks yes, as far as they're very concerned. slightly di- different rating system. That's about it. Yeah, that's literally it's so close. 
Yeah. Like it's damn near identical, but it very really is different. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Beetlejuice two apparently is going to happen via Brad Pitt's production company. Did you see this story this week? What? No. So according to the latest installment of the Anklers Hollywood Transom newsletter, which I thought was like a fucking joke when I read it on io9, <laughs> but apparently is actually a thing. Brad Pitt's Plan B Entertainment, which is Brad Pitt's fucking entertainment company, like that's his production company, has actual plans to produce Beetlejuice two with both Michael Keaton and Winona Ryder returning. I don't know if this is factual or if this is just nonsense but io9 printed this so i am reporting it and deadlines running with it too beetlejuice if beetlejuice 2 happens that will blow my fucking mind that felt like the movie that literally nobody would ever ever get made remember they were talking about it being hawaii at one point like kevin smith's joke was that it was supposed to be like beetlejuice in hawaii but that was actually the thing they wanted to do he <laughs> was like what do we do beetlejuice does Hawaii." they're like yeah actually that's exactly what they wanted to do he was like wait what like that's uh, what they want. Beetlejuice do. doing like tiki bars and shit. <laughs> Absolutely, but either yeah. way, I'll fucking watch like old Winona Ryder and old Michael Keaton do like go back to Beetlejuice yeah. at this point. Catherine O'Hara is still around. Bring back Catherine O'Hara. The only problem is you can't bring back Jeffrey Jones, right? Oh, you, you can't bring, bring back Jeffrey fucking Jones. Sex Pest. <laughs> but you could bring Catherine O'Hara back because she's yeah. on a hot run right now. Bring Eugene Levy. See, she left him, and she ended up with Eugene Levy. And <laughs> at the end right. of the day. Somehow, Winona Ryder's character liked her better than Sex Pest. I don't know yeah. how that works out, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> this is totally going to end up being like a, a drop dead se- or what drop dead Fred sort of situation. Like I don't know what that is. Older, it was, was it was a movie when we were a kid where it was like the woman's like imaginary friend comes back to like harass her and haunt her in her adulthood or something like that. That sounds like the kind of thing you would watch. <laughs> I've never seen this movie, so okay, fair. I don't know if I've ever actually watched it. I'm just, I'm recalling a trailer for it kind of thing. Okay. I, yeah, I have yeah. no idea. <laughs> Either way, man, if this happens, that'll be, I, I will die laughing. So we'll see. Fede Alvarez is being reported by The Hollywood Reporter as being tapped to write an original standalone alien feature for 20th Century Studios. He oh, is the writer of, oh, you know what? I just had his, like, a tab open with all his bona fides, and I was like, oh, yeah, this guy knows don't what he's breathe doing. Don't breathe is what he's best known for. Uh, he just did Texas Chainsaw Massacre for Netflix. Oh, also, was which, that? Was he the one yeah. that did that? Interesting. Yeah. I've seen a lot of mixed reviews about that Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, he also had a bunch Reboot of mixed whatever. reviews on Don't Breathe and Evil Dead. He wrote Evil Dead 2013. He was mm. the writer on that. Interesting. So, interesting, but maybe not the best call ever. We'll see what happens. I mean, yeah, I mean, a horror director doing, yeah, a horror director doing an alien movie is is. A that's cool a good concept. sign yeah i mean it's a good sign for me because i'd rather mm. they be horror movies than they don't need to be sci-fi movies you know what i mean like it the trapping should be there but i don't think yeah they should be leaning on the sci-fi for the storytelling it should just be a horror story anyway yeah the original was more suspense the horror yeah than it was uh sci-fi really yeah yeah there's no like world building in alien you know what i mean like they don't mm-hmm. tell you much about fucking any of the background it's just a monster like yeah that's James Cameron's fault. Yeah, yeah. monster locked in a locked yeah. in a spaceship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyway, monster bottle episode. It really is <laughs> fantastic, fantastic movie. That original Alien movie. Mm-hmm. What else do I have in here? Apparently, the Batman in that DC Pets movie is Keanu Reeves. So Dwayne Johnson is <laughs> crypto. There's somebody else playing Superman, but apparently Keanu Reeves is Batman. I don't know who's playing Bat. Oh no, it's Kevin Hart is Bat Hound. Kevin I guess. Hart is Bat Hound. Yeah, Ace the Bat yeah. Hound. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna watch that. I mean, I'll watch it just for like the voice, just to kind of like hear the voices do the thing. Yeah, you know what I mean? Maybe. 
but I mean, you've, I don't you've know. got a couple of your favorites in there. So I do I like Keanu Reeves and the rock in there uh, yeah. quite a bit. I'm not as big a Kevin Hart fan as I did see. There was a trailer for that for me ahead of the Batman. And was I there? Was just, I, yeah, I just, just like, Oh, Jesus. I skated into the Batman like right <laughs> as the fucking movie was starting. So I, I did all right that day. Uh, I, do you know what's going on with Disney and this weird bill? I don't want to really talk about it too long because I'm so fucking tired of dealing with corporations and like American laws. Like I'm so fucking sick of hearing about America. <laughs> oh, the, and, like all their right wing bullshit. Don't take a fucking yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, all I've I seen a lot I, of my artist friends talking about it who work for Disney and stuff like that. I got a lot of people who like do licensed work for Disney now in my group of peers or whatever. And it's been yeah. like a big I mean, topic it's, conversation. It's Ron DeSantis being a huge fucking piece of shit. Surprise, surprise. Like, I mean, that's just a day that ends in why these days. Exactly. So. And basically, they're Disney because they, you know, do work and they've got fucking obviously huge operations in Florida. They support pol- certain politicians in Florida, including uh, a bunch of the people. Wheels. Yeah, okay. Including a bunch of the people that have backed this don't say gay bill. And well, back rather than. And Democrats, because they just. That exactly. Whoever is in power so they get what yeah. they fucking want. And so I mean, and so Disney. what has happened now is like people are calling on Disney to say like hey this is really harmful for you know gay and trans people can you pledge not to support you know not not to finance and and uh, give money to these politicians anymore that back this bill and they refuse to say that they won't give the money anymore and instead just said like we will continue to you know provide positive portrayals of LGBT characters and shit. It's it's Disney, you know, talking to both sides of its mouth as they often do. I was watching on Disney Plus this week. I was watching an episode of The Simpsons and it was the Itchy and Scratchy Land one mm. where they do the, the history of the guy who created Itchy and Scratchy. And it's a very thinly yeah. failed shot at Walt. <laughs> yes. And I <laughs> I was laughing to myself thinking like, I can't believe that nobody at Disney doesn't have a problem with the amount of shots that The Simpsons has taken at Walt Disney. And just left it on that show. And it's just all on Disney Plus now. Like they take yeah. like brutal shots at like there's some Nazi shots at Disney and stuff like that in the well, Futurama's gotta be on there yeah. too now. And they yep. that had like the fucking frozen Disney head in a jar and all that shit. Yeah. 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 And so like there's some it's just weird. I just Disney's such a fucking weird company now. You know what I mean? Like they've they've consumed Marvel, which is like one of the most left leaning companies I've ever heard of in my life, and they've turned it into kind of like this milk toast like never actually say anything controversial but like just kind of hint at it thing as opposed mm-hmm. to what it was before where like there's a reason why luke cage existed as a character in the 70s it was because right you know yeah. what i mean like that kind of shit was there for a reason i don't know it just fucked up and i wish they would not suck so bad but i don't really have a horse in this race either aside from just stop sucking everybody like, <laughs> fucking, yeah. just burn america down or whatever i don't know <laughs> <sighs> i don't know how i feel about this amazon thing Apparently, Amazon is making a God of War series, just as the news. We'll talk about this as a news item. And it's also the Wheel of Time showrunner who is going to be making this. I don't know who that is, but it's that person, which has been like basically received in the most lukewarm fashion that I've ever seen anything be received in. So I'm not super keen on Amazon, who have two giant kind of medieval e fantasy properties fantasy properties on the go both of which look kind of middling to me overall tackling my beautiful beautiful god of war franchise which is a giant fantasy franchise that really could use like a not middling production kind of quality so it also has expanse creators and executive producers associated with it too oh well that's not that's better than because the expanse guys dope as fuck 
<laughs> the Mark Fergus and Hawk Ostby, uh, who were uh, who worked on the okay, Expanse, were yeah. creators on the Expanse, are attached to it. And the guy from Wheel of Time, the showrunner Rafe Judkins, is the dude that is is also attached to it. So, I mean, <sighs> sure, let's see what happens. <laughs> I have no investment in this property, so we'll see. Yeah, because you you should, you really should already. It's just, I mean, I mean it's, it's another me. fucking hack at you know, let's try and make a gaming property into something you know, watchable kind of thing, right? And I, yeah, I don't know how that's going to work out. The problem is like the, the, what the story they want to tell. I mean, I guess you can play Kratos as the mysterious stranger the way you would just like if you hadn't played because I play that God of War game as a sequel to the God of War games that I played growing up, which have been coming out since 2000 or whatever. That's just God of War for me with a, a slightly more adult bent. Like it actually like is written for adults as opposed to like just being a schlock fest with a fucking mini game, which there actually is. There's a fucking mini game in the first three God of War games. You mm-hmm. can go play it. It's awesome. Those <laughs> original God of War games are the best hack and slash shit on those older playstation consoles but i don't know so they want to do this like the sequel to it i guess sure we'll see what happens <laughs> that was all i had for news this week aside from the batman made just like not as much money as spider-man but it made a no. lot of money uh, 128 million dollars domestic box office this week uh, or this weekend it looks like uh, maybe 130 depending on what number you believe i've seen a couple numbers kind of floating around hidden headlines so I mean, airing on the highest side, 132 for a domestic box office take for the weekend. Not too shabby. Not too shabby at all, you know? So, sequel talk has started. Obviously, we'll talk about that when we actually get into the Batman. That's about it. What what else do you want to talk about? The Batman, but not the movie. Did you see that Chip Zdarsky is going to be taking on the Batman ongoing series? Did we not talk about this on the podcast last time? No, this was, we, we talked about the, I think that maybe the, uh, limited series he's doing right now but no this came out after okay. we recorded last time yeah so he is going to be writing oh. the ongoing series with your Jimenez uh, is going to be Jorge, Jorge yeah. Menez. yeah so that's yeah. a fucking powerhouse team if ever there was one so <sighs> I'm Jimenez pencils that. just like fuck god bless I mean it should only be drawing the Batman just <laughs> like ungodly talented I follow him on Instagram I just like hate myself like every time I see him post something <laughs> so yeah they're going to take over it's uh joshua williamson and jorge molina are on it right now but they're only going to yep. get like six issues on it so that's all right I think they take over like this spring or summer like a couple months from now sort of thing that would make sense devil's reign issue five comes out this week so i'm assuming that's done and i don't they weren't talking about going directly back to daredevil they're talking about doing something else first so i would assume his doing something else includes we're going to work for dc for a little while writing some Batman before he comes back to the mothership mm-hmm. and you know finishing up his Daredevil run that he wanted to finish up or whatever maybe he doesn't who knows maybe he goes creator owned and like goes to Millar world or something like that Miller world fuck anyway <laughs> or that uh sub stack or whatever sub stack yeah that's yeah, another one like I gotta that. look into that one too actually I'm following a lot of comic book creators like where they are but I'm not reading much right now I just kind of like I'm in the middle of the Twitter threads like with the yeah. artists more than anything yeah. What else do I have? The, the, another Walking Dead spinoff has been announced. Oh, yeah. It was it is, oh, oh, is that the one with Lauren Cohen and Negan? Yeah. yeah that's it's Negan. Almost, I would almost watch that because that would be it's, hot. That's Bruce Wayne and Martha Wayne. That's yeah. baffling to me that they're doing a show together at this point. Yeah, it's it's Negan and Maggie. 
you know, Negan being the guy that fucking bashed in Maggie's husband's head with a fucking with a baseball bat. See, but that's the kind of shit that I want to watch. Like, that's an yeah. interesting story to me. Well, they've, not like- they've had a really interesting dynamic in the TV show, like the, over the last you know season or two kind of thing. Even their dynamic in the comic after that happened was pretty yeah. interesting. So I would imagine the TV show would be pretty good. She's really good. Yeah, I like Cohen a lot. She's not in enough stuff. Like she's been stuck in Walking Deadland for so long. Well, she did. She did that like one season of whatever that TV show was, which took her off of Walking Dead for a yeah. season, and then, and then it she came fucking back. flopped, and then she came back. Yeah, so yeah, I know. Well, that's what happened to us. Like, I mean, that's where we got Cynical Martin Green from, right? Was mm-hmm. from Walking Dead. And yeah. could we get Lauren Cohen on Star Trek? Probably. Didn't. <laughs> I'd be down for that. I mean, Picard's probably going to need a new lead soon. So there you go, <laughs> Jesus. And uh, yeah, so th- it's going to be Negan and Maggie. In New York, basically, on the island of Manhattan. It's going to be called, I think, Isle of the Dead or something. Yeah, Isle of the Dead. Ah, fuck. They almost got me back. That's almost (laughs) one I want to watch. Only because I like those two actors so much, though. Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Lauren Cohen. It's going to be cool to have them back in a big city, right? Because they've been avoiding big cities for so long. Yeah. You know, trying to stay like out in, well, and, and because, you know, in the world, like, they're fucking people that, are actually smart and are actually trying to do shit to avoid fucking huge masses of zombies. And so yeah. it'll be interesting to see what actually ends up bringing them to New York. But. It was like Robert Kirkman's got like fuck off money. Now he can kind of do whatever he wants. He's like, well, I'll get my <laughs> two best actors and take them on another show where we just do like hardcore in the city zombie action yeah. or something like that, which is like, I mean, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is clearly just having so much fucking fun with Negan. I mean, has been since he started playing him. Jeffrey but... Dean Morgan has too much fucking fun doing everything. So whatever you watch, you see him watch. You saw, you love that Watchmen movie where he just like chomps through playing the oh, comedian. His, yeah. His comedian is Holy fantastic. Shit. Yeah. He's, he's like, I, yeah, I like Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He was on supernatural yeah. back in the day. He was the boy's dad. Right. right. In the first couple of seasons. That's where I first saw him. Either what way. else? Harvey Guillen from What We Do in the Shadows oh, yeah. is who plays Guillermo is going to be in the Blue Beetle DC movie, which works because it's the like Jaime Reyes, you know, Hispanic yep. Blue Beetle. So they're bringing in more Hispanic. He was characters just in, in there. something that surprised me too. Oh, he's in uh, Reacher, actually. Okay. That Reacher show for Amazon. He pops up as like the coroner or something like that. I was like, oh, that's cool. What We Do in Shadows season four is finished shooting and will be out this year. Sweet. Yeah, fucking right, sweet. I like the Paranormal's <laughs> been really good this year so far, too. So yeah, I think I've only watched the first episode. I got kind of like behind with all the travel that I've been doing lately. That so. one's pretty good. So get back. Oh, fuck. This week's episode almost broke me. So get in there. <laughs> uh, Florence Pugh it may end up being in Dune Part 2 as the Princess Irulan. I like Florence Pugh. I liked her in Black Widow. I think she would make a cool addition to the Dune world. Hilarious in Hawkeye. So like, I'm like, I don't know if I want to see her not being funny. Although (laughs) I think they've got plans for her to be in like every third Marvel project going forward now too. So I'm assuming they're clearly putting her up on like that dark adventures kind of team. So that works for me. She's so fucking funny. Like, God damn. Yeah. Anyway, I'm assuming you saw this, that Quentin Tarantino is going to be part of that justify reboot. I did. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. These might be yeah. direct in a couple of episodes. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about Timothy Oliphant in the last couple of weeks. People want him in the MCU now that he's already in Star Wars, and I'm like, yeah. I don't know what you do with him. You have to cast somebody older, obviously. Yeah, as always, I'm like, yeah, yeah, White Nick Fury. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're gonna do multiverse stuff. Cast him as White Nick Fury. There mm. you go. That's what you do. Multiverse Nick Fury. 
Yeah, that would work. As opposed to fucking Hasselhoff. Unless you get Hasselhoff back. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. They brought Xavier back again, so you know what's happening. Like, oh, eventually, fuck. we'll get everybody back. Speaking of getting people back, Futurama did end up getting John DiMaggio back after him making all that fucking noise about, like, I don't know if I want to be part of this industry that, you know, abuses its talent anymore. He's like, I want to be part of this industry now because they're paying me the money that I want. Yeah, exactly. He wanted more fucking money. (laughs) He got it. Squeaky wheel gets the grease. You know what I mean? Fine. Good for him. (laughs) Get paid, motherfucker. You know? And and very lastly, in news that is only relevant to our fucking podcast we might be getting an ALF revival. Shout Factory has bought the rights to distribute all the old ALF content, including the live action show, and I think there were a couple of fucking animated series, and they've had some... There's a comic, too. Wasn't there at one point? Yeah, I think so, and I don't know. I don't know if they got the... Probably from Archie or something like that. Yeah, I don't know if they got the fucking rights to that, too, but they are also the people that have been doing a lot with like mystery science theater old seasons and other like classic tv shows like johnny carson carol Burnett, and shit like that and they are apparently looking into developing new elf related content so christy if you're listening to this you're gonna have to come back so that we can review any new elf related content (laughs) that comes out of this deal i fucking love it so there there you go i feel bad that she was so upset I was going to say Mark fucking broke Christy by posting like a fucking death metal fucking elf illustration and tagging her in it on Twitter. I thought it was pretty good. It's a pretty good poster, actually. <laughs> it, was. it was intense. But like, yeah, she didn't. She hasn't spoken to me since. So, I mean, I don't think Christy follows me on social media anymore, actually. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I think she blocked <laughs> me on Twitter. Uh, no, I haven't spoken to Christy in so long. Oh, well, what are you going to do? Geek of the Week time. Geek of the Week. This is the segment where we tell each other the nerdiest thing we did this week. I have a feeling I'm in for it with Tim. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to quickly go first and just say that I watched the first episode of Picard Season 2. And I am reserving judgment until the rest <laughs> of the season happens. Because I was like, I feel like they're trying to get me again. But then they had somebody smoking on the bridge of a starship. And I was like, well, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out, guys. The captain is smoking on the bridge of a starship. 20 fucking 401 or something like that. Nope. I'm out. Peace. <laughs> All right. I have not started watching Picard yet. I will get to it eventually. What it made me realize is that I am probably about two weeks before I have to force myself through to the end of Discovery. Because <sighs> that's got to be done soon, right? Like it was three weeks of coverage. Yeah, it's painful. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I haven't come back. I did watch Prodigy. Like, I finally sat down and watched the whole season of Prodigy. Mm. I didn't hate it. Like, it was a fun afternoon. Like, I, it was yeah. like a like a long animated movie kind of thing. I was like, oh, this is pretty. This was cute and fun. Well, I mean, less cute, more fun. Like, I had a good time <laughs> with it. I don't know why they seem to be able to do the animated series properly. It's like they're yeah. letting fans write the animated shows and that hack production crew of Kurtzman and Co. Like, Kiva Goldsman's still working on these shows. Did you know that? He wrote Batman and fucking Robin, and he's still working on Star Trek. How the fuck? He still has a job, period. How does, How does anybody have a, have a job after Batman and Robin? Oh, my God. I mean, Uma Thurman was going to be in more Tarantino movies, and you can't kill Schwarzenegger's career. The man's career is fucking unkillable. But everybody else, yeah, I completely agree with you. And notice Crystal Donald disappeared back to the fucking dregs of TV after that movie came out. 
he's on like on an NCIS or CSI I was say, one, or, one of those fucking procedurals, ooh, whatever, yeah. some procedural horseshit that like our parents watch or whatever. I'm sure he looks great still. All 62 years of him. Fucking 32 year old fucking Robin. <laughs> Pointless horseshit. <laughs> Speaking of Robins, don't do it, guys. Whatever you do, Matt Reeves, don't do Robin. It's a bad idea. It's Batman time. Uh, it's me to the episode time. No, it's I'd get you. You're just gonna not let me do my geek of the week. So you don't want to hear about Avengers Campus. Yeah, that's actually what I was doing. I was cutting you off. I was like, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's talk about Avengers Campus for a minute. Yeah, I so you, I was. I where my brain just went. Oh, we're done, right? All right. So yes, I was away last week. Apologies. That's why you did not get an episode last week. And I was in California for a wedding and me being in Southern California means that I end up at Disneyland. And this time me being at Disneyland meant that I got to experience Avengers campus for the first time. It can't remember. I think it, it opened up like during COVID. So it hasn't been open for too long. Uh, But it's uh, sort of a land that took the place of what used to be a bug's land in Disney's California adventure for anybody that knows that park. And right now only has one ride, which is called web slingers, which is basically like a shoot 'em up y kind of ride. That sounds so gross too. starring, <laughs> uh, starring Tom Holland, Spider-Man. And it's sort of like a, there's, it, there's these really cute little spider bot things that they give basically self-replication abilities. You recognize mm-hmm. spider bot. Spider-Bot's from the fucking game, basically. Those little things that you were showing me pictures of. Wasn't what, those, which game? From the PlayStation oh, yeah. game. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, they're pretty much they're pretty much from the PlayStation game. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. guess that's true. But uh yeah, so this but this is the MCU, like all of this Avengers is like full on MCU versions of everything. Yeah. And they make it's Spider-Man is or Tom Holland, Peter Parker is like part of this like uh, little collection of super scientists that are all funded by Stark and it also includes Doreen Oops. what's her name who's Squirrel Girl she's she's one of them as well I can't remember her last name yeah Squirrel Girl yeah. is fine yeah she her alter ego is also part of the group and there's like one of them is from Wakanda and shit and part of like a knowledge exchange technology exchange sort of thing it's all kind of cool premise but th- they make these fucking spider bots that have self-replication ability and of course they start like fucking just destroying shit and making millions of them and then you have to like get them under control kind of thing a couple of them end up getting exposed to pin particles which makes them fucking huge and the like it's all like it's it's all really heavily gamified like you literally like do the like web slinging action to like shoot webs out at the screen and like you know take down these little spider bots and you get scores and everything and a lot of fun really fun attraction there's like you know special ones that will like blow up and or like you can actually grab objects and like pull them across the screen and use them to hit shit and stuff like that too and so very much like spider-man simulator kind of thing so i got we did that ride twice i Got to eat at the Pim Tasting Lab where like they have giant foods and little foods like they have a fucking like giant, like even bigger than normal soft pretzel, soft pretzel. They had like a what's supposed to be a slider, but like the chicken part has been made huge kind of thing. So it's got a little tiny bun and then like huge chicken patty kind of thing sticking out all the sides You can get like little Pim particle canisters to that glow that you can put in your drink and shit like that and all oh, that was pretty fun but the cool thing is like 
because of the way this is laid out, you can be sitting there like on their patio and like watching, like they have like the fucking Avengers compound across the way from you. And it's like three stories high with a fucking Quinjet on top. You'd be like watching shit going on. So like I got to watch like black Panther and black widow fight taskmaster and a few of his goons on the fucking Avengers compound, like on the outside of that while I was fucking eating my lunch and shit. And, that was pretty cool. Like they even had like fucking wire effects. Like one of like uh, they did like an effect where Black Panther like does one of his kinetic energy discharges on one of Taskmaster's goons. And he has like a wire attached to him and clearly gets like pulled back. You know, you're supposed to like believe that he's getting like blown across the fucking walkway kind of thing. And what else? It was. Oh, I got to see like Wakanda, like martial arts demonstration from the. Oh, what are the the female warriors? Dormilaje. Yeah, the Dormilaje. They come out and do like a little fucking demonstration and shit. And there was there's a little show with uh, Doctor Strange as well, where you get to see him come out and like you ha- you sort of help him to defeat Dormammu in this little like not like the Sanctum Sanctorum, but little like mystical area. And oh, he, he summoned Thor to help him and shit. So just all this really cool, like little immersion, immersion stuff and that kind of thing. And so it was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm, there's still another ride in the works. So like a full on like Avengers ride that is planned, but I don't know if they've given any like release date for it or anything like that. But yeah, it was, it's not quite the same like level of immersion as they've done with galaxy's edge, but still, you know, you really do feel like you're, stepping into kind of the Marvel campus. Oh, and the shit I missed was I got to, I know we talked about that, like animatronic stunt man thing. Yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. So I got to see that too, where like uh, they did a little show where Spider-Man comes out and does like some little, you know, somersaults and flips and shit like that. And then you get to like goes backstage and then you see the fucking, you know, what you're supposed to believe is the dude fucking like get launched across the air into like falling down into a backstage area, but it does like fucking flips and shit in the air and stuff like that. It's insane. And then he does like a little wall crawl thing down and then you can do a little like a meet and greet and photo op and everything with them. So that was really cool to see in person. I mean, I've seen it on video, but like, yeah, seeing that in person, it's really fucking neat. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about anything else? Anything else to talk about? <laughs> I think that's enough. I mean, I did other nerdy shit on my trip, but I think uh, Avengers Campus is is enough. <laughs> cool. All right. It is now. It's Batman time. I guess Batman time. <laughs> meat of the episode: brooding bat meat. Yeah, we saw the Batman. <laughs> so this is Matt Reeves' 2022 Batman movie. I guess this was supposed to come out last year, right? When was it supposed to come out originally? Yeah, I think late last year, but then the filming ended up like it was one of the first productions to yeah. sort of get shut down due to COVID. And was shut down repeatedly because of COVID too, right? Like I remember we reported <laughs> remember a couple Rob times. That's got fucking COVID at one point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it totally shut it down, but probably shut down the first unit for a while. I would imagine it did. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, so this is just came out and it's got Robert Pattinson as Batman, Bruce Wayne, uh, Zoe Kravitz, Selena Kyle, Catwoman, Paul Dano. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Paul Dano is the Riddler. There's some weirdness about like who that character actually is, but like that's cool. We'll talk about Edward that. Edward Nash, and then what was yeah. the other ID that he had on him? But his that he was was he not the son of the reporter who was Thomas Elliot or something like that? Who was no? I don't think they. I, I thought that's they, what they implied. Maybe I missed that. I was kind of like yeah. the end gets a little weird. That I actually that's part of like my biggest gripe is like the last 15 minutes just feel like whoa, what happened? Yeah, we're after like a very solid kind of 
buildup. Sorry, anyway, Jeffrey Wright as James Gordon, John Turturro as Carmen Falcone. Oh my God, Carmine Falcone. <laughs> Falcone in this one. It's back to Falcone again. I know, right? Back to Falcone. <laughs> I don't know. What are you going to do? We'll have to see if they do uh, Rachel Ghoul, if they get it oh, right this time. God. I don't think they will Rachel be in this. Ghoul or what? Yeah. yeah. Andy Serkis is Alfred Pennyworth. Alfred Pennyworth and Colin Farrell is Oswald Oz Cobblepot or the Penguin. And they call them both. So there's a bunch of other people in there, but I didn't actually really recognize a bunch of the bit players. Usually I'm like that guy who's picking out like character actors and stuff like that, but I didn't catch a bunch of people. Yeah, the Aside only one that I really one, noticed was one, a cameo, a cameo from a Marvel guy. Barry Keoghan has a cameo that we'll talk about later on in the yeah. plot that ruins the whole movie. I mean, uh, <laughs> the only one that I really noticed was uh, Peter Sarsgaard. Uh, yes. who is yeah, know, just one name. of those guys like, that's Bill in all Wilson. kind of stuff. Yeah. Cause he plays the district attorney and like, he's got a kind of like, he's got a role actually. Like he's, he's not just like a bit part. Sorry. I should have included him in the cast too. Yeah. Yeah. He's there. Holy shit. I didn't realize that dude's married to Maggie Gyllenhaal. Interesting. Yeah. Anyways. So either way, I saw this like last week, so I'm all like lost as to what to talk about <laughs> at this point. This was supposed to be the, uh, the Ben Affleck movie. They got turned into a twilight vampire movie, right? <laughs> Sure. Yes, that's exactly yes. what it is. No, anyway. That's the best way to describe it. <laughs> Tim, why don't why don't you re-explain to me the plot of the Batman <laughs> just briefly? Though, that's like spoilers. You know, what I mean? and also yes. fucking spoilers. We're gonna be spoiling the shit out of this movie. So if you haven't seen it, yes, do yourself the favor. Go sit through its very long three hours. It's worth going to see. I will yes. give you that top level review. Totally worth going to see at the theater. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what your fucking theater situation is like. Ours what COVID is like where you are, but yeah, it's not ours are weird out here right now. Like apparently Korea's on fire. I was talking to Paul last week and they're getting like hundreds of thousands of cases. But like oh, here, I went and saw it without too much fuss. I may have given my parents COVID, but this is going to be okay. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> fingers crossed. They're all going to fucking Florida next week anyway. So what do I, nice. what a, nobody cares. <laughs> Uh, so we open with Ave Maria, which was just real, real disarming and keeps coming back throughout the whole movie. And some creepy dude with heavy breathing that is watching a family through a window on Halloween. And it is the mayor of Gotham City, whose name is Don Mitchell Jr. And we basically watch him get murdered by the Riddler and, you know, could be Jigsaw, but also with the Riddler, basically. <laughs> Then there's this whole fucking opening monologue thing over the like, you know, showing us sort of what Gotham looks like and sort of what this Batman is like and shit like that. And how he's like, you know, basically operating, keeping everybody in line via fear. And anytime that the bat signal goes up, every criminal just shits his pants because they assume that Batman's in the shadow about to beat the fucking living shit out of him. And uh, it does really that that sort of monologue and everything does sort of very much establish the tone of this Gotham City and this Batman. Oh, David Fincher seven. Yes, it does. It that totally establishes the tone of so. David Fincher seven. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, there is a lot of Fincher in this for sure. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. That was my <laughs> like my biggest note is like and I, to its benefit, like it, I for years oh, yeah. said that seven is the best Batman movie that was never actually made a Batman movie uh, mm-hmm. just for the tone of it. And I was like, I wanted that. I've always wanted that feeling in a Batman movie. And this actually oh, gets 100%. some of that in there. Yeah. So that's yeah. cool. Yeah. 
So this is like a Batman that's been operating for about two years now. So still kind of nascent, but you know, is, yeah, is at least at established. He's terrible at it. He's, like, he's still, still figuring some shit out. Very like he's, clearly. Fucking, he's the worst like act of <laughs> Batman we've ever seen in terms yeah. of like actually being Batman. So, <laughs> but he does clearly like, like have... in Batman Begins was better than this guy. Like by a country mile, so yeah, he does have like I guess at this point like Lieutenant Jim Gordon on his side, and he works yeah. alongside the police department, and they've like just set up the bat signal and shit like that. He also beats up a clown gang that are like menacing citizens and shit like that, and yeah, which right off the bat like implies the existence of a Joker. We actually we saw that in the trailer though. We yep. will we'll see that Joker later. Well, kind of through a window, and. Uh, they're investigating this crime scene of the mayor that's been murdered by the Riddler. And there's like messages and shit that have been left behind, including like a card that's been left for the Batman. More seven stuff too. Like this is all very yeah, like reminiscent very of seven. Again. Even, the, yeah. even the fucking handwriting is oh, very, yeah. yeah is, the scene where they're going through his ledgers at the end of the movie. I was like, Holy yeah. fuck. Did you just do this shot? For <laughs> exactly. Shot? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, totally. That was one of the things is like, I, like I, we'll talk about it later a lot more, but like Matt Reeves is like a pretty good, like at picking shots, mm. but, like David Fincher, maybe the best camera eye working right now. Yeah. So it's like, these You're are good shots from somebody. Yeah. But it's also like, <laughs> from the best. they're not like, they're not as good as his shots. And it's really apparent what he's trying to do also. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mm. know. So I just watched seven again this week because it brought it up this week. And I was like, man, this is so well shot. And that was okay. Like, these, you know what I mean? Comparatively mm-hmm. speaking, but like Fincher's just next level. So anyway, <laughs> we've never done any of his movies, eh? I don't think so. No, we could do. Was, we do seven for sure. Seven Fight Club Fight Zodiac Club, would yeah. be worth doing probably at some point. Maybe like for all yeah, Fight Club would be fun. So yeah, they're they're investigating the crime scene, and everybody's like, uh, "Should we just be letting this fucking dude in a costume just fucking wander around here?" The the current police commissioner. Pete Savage, I think his name is not comes happy. in. Yeah, it comes in not happy that Gordon is letting a vigilante wander around the crime Freak scene. Gets yeah. used quite a bit, actually, <laughs> which I like. Yeah, and then they make uh, Batman lead, but then the Riddler kills Savage next by. Oh, that's the rat one, right? That's the rat one. Yeah. I mean, yeah the the Riddler is is you know not just killing these dudes, but he's like some jigsaw shit too. There's some saw to this movie as well setting a whole fucking scene with them. Yeah. Like he, like 100%, like he cuts off the mayor's thumb and then attaches it to a fucking USB, USB drive, drive, thumb drive, you know, fucking, thumb drive, fucking gag only and, joke in the movie, literally the yeah. only joke in the movie. And I almost died laughing at it because it's like cuts all the tension that you've been building up for like two and a half hours by the time you get to that joke. Yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah, so the Riddler then kills Savage next, the police commissioner, by like putting a helmet on that is like a rat maze kind of thing and then letting rats loose in it to fucking eat his fucking face off and shit. Yeah, he's at the center of the maze and they're like, he's like the reward for getting to the center of the maze, like his face as a Mm -hmm. meal. Yeah. These rats are starving and that's how he dies. I, that was, I was like, that's, I mean, that's out of the comic though. I've, I, I'm sure I've seen, not the Riddler, but like somebody else used that as a kill in the comics somewhere. Like Ratcatcher or somebody like Probably that. Probably Ratcatcher. I think it was yeah. Ratcatcher 1 like in the comics though. So yeah. Yeah. yeah so Batman and, and Gordon find that the Riddler left a quote unquote thumb drive in Mitchell's car, 
which had images of the mayor with a, a woman that's not his wife. Well, I also missed part that it's Mitchell's son that discovers his body, which yes. brings a whole fucking connection to everything with Bruce because, you know, Bruce had to fucking watch his parents be murdered. So he's got that, that emotional connection he keeps there. He's going and saving that kid too. Yeah. I yeah. keep seeing that kid elsewhere. Like he's at the funeral and stuff later. So. Yeah. And so these pictures are of Mitchell with a woman named Annika, who is not his wife at the iceberg lounge, which is like this underground club that is of course belongs to the penguin. And Penguin in this situation is a lieutenant of Carmine Falcone. The Penguin says that he doesn't know what's going on, that he doesn't know this Annika woman or anything like that. But then Batman, for starters, Penguin is just fucking like super ballsy and is like dealing drugs right in front of Batman. (laughs) Like, you know, honestly, that was the like, actually. He was the best part of that movie. It was like, a good character defining moment right there. He, like he was super like dark horse, like my favorite thing, part of this movie. You know what I mean? Like every time good. he showed up, was good. he had like a good bit to play or like, I would say that was the part that surprised me the most of the movie. Like the, the part that I was most skeptical about was okay. fucking Colin Farrell and all that uh, makeup and shit like that. I walked in so skeptical of Pattinson. That, yeah. That everybody else, I was like, I'm pretty sure everybody else is going to do a good job. I'm really worried about him. And I was like, because I like Colin Farrell's pretty good, generally speaking. But like, I was worried about the makeup. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's where yeah. I was, and the makeup worked a hundred percent. And I was like, he okay, acted it really well. And he acted perfectly through. I guess it was very complicated, apparently, getting it put on so that he could act through it properly. Like it was very segmented and like a bunch of different specialized parts and, applications yeah. so that he could kind of act through it yeah, properly and stuff. Yeah. But man, he looks he looked really good, and like he was just killing it. So yeah, and I like that scene. So, also, and then, yeah, and this is where everybody on planet Earth either gets rock hard or soaking wet. Yes, because, because Selena Kyle walks in with like fucking <sighs> knee high boots, and <laughs> there was a girl in my screening who moaned audibly when she walked on screen. Can you so, she's no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. This is where Selena Kyle walks in. Uh, she's like working undercover at the club, or I guess she—I guess maybe not. She's actually working at the club. I think at she just point. works there, yeah, yeah. But she's Annika's roommate, and she overhears the overhears Batman asking well, Penguin, she walks in kind of like inadvertently, like to bring yeah. Penguin a drink, and like Batman's standing there, and she's just like, <laughs> "Oh hey," and just walks around him, and he's yeah. like, "What? Hi." <laughs> And then uh, Selena goes home because she wants to check on Annika and because she, fig- you know, she sees the pictures and figures out that that's Aunt- her friend Annika and that she's you know going to be upset. I don't know. Well, I think it's had something to do with the boots. That's how Batman knows to like follow her home is because in the picture, Annika is wearing the same boots that Selena is. He, I think he keeps seeing her like he, she's eavesdropping and he keeps noticing her in reflections eavesdropping on their conversation. Oh, like she's so he figures that left. she's connected to it. So he figures she, and then the boots thing, I think, is also something that points her out. But yeah. so he follows her home like the creepiest yeah, he, fucking he, stalker he, of all he time. He really does. And he fucking yeah. like yeah, he spies on her through the fucking window and watches her watches her change and shit. A long Zodiac shot of uh, her being spied on. Actually, I was like, yeah, yeah they, <laughs> he loves these Fincher shots of close ups of eyes. Like, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> But then uh, Annika gets kidnapped while Selena is out. I don't know. Cat she goes her cat. Well, yeah. Oh, that, that's where is that where she goes to get Annika's 
passport back passport. from the mayor's yeah. office because the mayor had t- taken her passport so that she wouldn't like flee the country until they could, you know, basically get her in line or whatever. That's right. That's where she runs into Batman for the first time too. Like they have a little like fight in the apartment where she's trying to break into the safe. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but Annika gets kidnapped while they're doing their little song and dance and, you know, doing their little Batman Catwoman, you know, fight instead of fuck thing. Yeah. And <laughs> then Bruce or Batman sends Selena back to the iceberg lounge. Cause he's got these contact lenses that are straight out of black mirror that allow him to like record everything that he sees and play it back and everything. And so he puts those on her and sends her back into the club so that he can like ID people or she, she can, well, both of them can like ID people and like figure out, you know, a little bit more about it's not even the club. It's like this, 44 below which is like the club inside the club which is where like all the real fucking scumbags and shit hang out and where everybody's doing like the real hard drugs the drops are the drug in this show which are like eye drops that fuck you up i guess that i wonder if they they kind of look like they had like a pumpkin design or something like that so i i wondered if there might be like a scarecrow connection that they were trying to imply there there's a Um, lot of like little easter eggs to other stuff there is yeah yeah that i i mean i caught a bunch of them but like i can't remember them anymore because i was watching it being like man they're just like like hinting at stuff else you know what i mean like everywhere but not really like giving you a definite anything i noticed the pumpkins because that was yeah i was gonna call it out yeah and then while selena is in there batman figures out by like overhearing conversations and stuff that the commissioner was on Falcone's payroll, Falcone's payroll, as well as the district attorney, who is Gil Coulson, who was the guy that Peter Sarsgaard plays. And then Selena is like, no, fuck this. I got to. Oh, and then Selena ends up interacting with Carmine Falcone. And it's kind of like a weird interaction that implies, you know, some history between the two of them. And. Batman starts asking like, what the fuck is your connection to Falcone? And Selena's like, I don't have to answer your questions and just takes the contact out and cuts off communication. This is where Batman, they, they do a really dumb thing. And the guy that they were watching and trying to get into it gets kidnapped by the Riddler. Like yeah, they, two seconds I, after Batman leaves. Like if he's a lot of around <laughs> where like, I, I was like, oh my God, you're the worst Batman of all time. Like that guy got kidnapped five minutes after you left that place. <laughs> There's a lot of Raiders of the Lost Ark like plotting to this movie. Yeah. Where, like shit happens even like regardless of Batman's involvement in it whatsoever. Yeah. Like he's he's almost tangential to a lot of the plot. <laughs> he yeah. And that's Just kind like, of watching it happen my, around him. <laughs> and that's kind of one of my gripes about the movie. Like, and that this is the point where I was like watching the movie and it became like very obvious that like somebody didn't think that through i'm like wasn't he just there how did this guy get kidnapped out from under his nose and they don't mention it at all that was the big problem with it he never is like fucking guy got kidnapped like three seconds after i lost him i fucked up (laughs) like i fucked up i never you never get that spot but in my head i was like man he fucked up hard yeah anyway then because then the riddler abducts colson and he straps a bomb to his neck and they're bruce wayne and the commissioner and Falcone and everybody are at the mayor's funeral. Yep. And Coulson with this bomb around his neck at the orders of the Riddler drives into the fucking church and like probably kills a bunch of people, but Bruce saves the kid. He saves the mayor's son because that's, you know, his fucking obsessively standing there staring at the kid (laughs) the entire time or whatever too. Yeah, exactly. And 
then yeah, staggers out of the okay. car with. And we have this. to mention that he's he talks to a like a weird guy in the church because that's the guy that he beats the shit out of at the end of the movie. It's the same dude. Oh, I didn't realize that. I didn't make yeah, that so connection. That guy, so that guy means just doesn't look like he's not a recognizable enough dude to. No, but I, I I saw it. I I caught it, so I was like, I figured I should bring it up. Like he does have a conversation with like a like a regular like Joe, yeah. Gothamite here who comes back as one of the Riddler's goons at the end of the movie. So. Yeah, well, one of the wh- Riddler's white, guys white domestic terrorists, basically, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, so he's got this bomb around his neck, and uh, oh yeah, I guess the the during this sequence is also when Bruce has like a little exchange with the other mayoral co- candidate that didn't get killed. I yeah. can't remember her name. Uh, uh, Real, Real, something. Real, Brea, something like that. I don't know. Bella Real. Bella Real. Yeah, it? there it is. Yeah. By Jamie Lawson. And they kind of, you know, go a little bit into like, hey, you're fucking rich, but you don't do a whole lot for the city, Bruce. And I was like, oh, good. We're getting into the oligarchy shit. That's exactly what I, I what I want to see in a fucking movie in, involving like a fucking multi-billionaire. Really? Because I kind of just want to see him punch criminals in the face. Oh, that too. I, I feel like when we get like, I feel like. People get obsessed with that stuff. And I'm like, you just have to pay a lip service. Like, he just has to talk about the Wayne Foundation a little bit. We don't want to watch that. Nobody wants to watch no, I don't that. Have to see that. You know <laughs> what I mean? That's what I feel like everybody else, they, they always talk about that. And I'm like, yeah, but do you want to watch that? Yeah. No, you want to watch him dress as a Batman and punch a clown in the fucking face. <laughs> so stop complaining about the fucking bullshit. Oh, I hate that argument so much. You do so much work for Gotham. Like, yeah, I'm sure he could. But, like, I don't want to watch him do it. I want to watch him do this for Gotham. So suck it. (laughs) But anyways, Coulson also has a cell phone taped to his hand that the Riddler calls. And there's, you know, a whole riddle sequence where the Riddler gives Coulson three minutes to answer three riddles. And if he doesn't, then the bomb around his neck goes off. And the last one is basically that there is a rat in the not in the police department, but a rat that like was the guy that turned over Sal Maroney, basically. Yeah, there, there, there's a huge case that got Sal Maroney put away. Yeah. And it involves Thomas Wayne also in the background of it. Like, like mm-hmm. we'll get to all of this stuff, but at some, it involves Sal Maroney getting put away and like who, the people who were responsible for like getting that information, like who was the rat to put Sal Maroney away, I believe yeah, was the kind of thing. And that it's somebody really important in the power structure of Gotham right now. And the, mm. that person also has blackmail material on all of the people who are also involved in that case. Right. So it's and like so, a big cluster of conspiracy slash rot inside the middle of Gotham's power structure. Yeah. And so the Riddler has figured all of this out and he is yeah. targeting the people that were involved in this big conspiracy to cover up slash thing, to cover yeah. up. Yeah. To cover up this rat in particular. And yeah. so the last question that the Riddler asks Coulson, who is, you know, all of this is being like broadcast on TV. The Riddler is like fucking live streaming. All of it is who the rat is and Coulson won't give it up. And so he fucking, he explodes right in fucking Batman's face and Batman goes flying and who neither tries to disarm the bomb or not take the bomb directly to the fucking face. Just stands <laughs> yeah. there like a moat. He puts his arms up. That's about oh. it. <laughs> Worst Batman not, ever, man. He's well, bad I mean, at this. It's, it's it's very much not Bat God, and I'm okay with that. Like it's like I said, it's it's Batman that's only but been the doing this for a couple years. He doesn't even try to save him. He just stands there yelling at him. I'm like, do something to get the fucking bomb off him. Like, well, I think if this if is you know you can tank the hit, 
at least try and save the goddamn man's life, Batman. You know? Yeah. Like, he's kind of a shit Batman in that way. He gets better at the end of the movie, obviously, but like right yeah, now he's it's kind of about it. that. That's one of the yeah. that's sort of the character's journey through the movie is. Yeah. yeah, but I wish it was a little bit more like at least thought like at least tried to save the guy's life as opposed to just yelling. <laughs> Give me the yeah. rat's name for 25 seconds. Well, I could be doing something <laughs> with this bomb. No, this is true. <laughs> it's just little things. You know what I mean? Little things kind of caught me, but whatever. Yeah. So then Batman and Gordon, well, this is after like Batman regains consciousness. Batman and Gordon think, oh, maybe the rat is because there, there's this hint or clue, but like El Rattata or something like that, like a, a rat with wings. And so they're thinking like, oh, well, you know, the penguin could be the rat with wings because penguins have wings. And so they think maybe he is the rat. And so they go visit him. Also, he hears rat with wings and nobody says bat ever like the entire time. And he's dressed as Batman. <laughs> Some weird... it's, it's implied a couple of times, but nobody yeah, says but like, it out Nobody right. says it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, wait, what? Anyway. So they track the penguin to a drug deal and uh, go and try and apprehend him there. Yes. But, yeah, but Selena shows up there and tries to steal the money involved in the deal because she's still doing Catwoman shit. And oh, is that what? Is that's where that started? Okay, I was in the bathroom. This is like the point where I had to go. Yeah. Get out and go to the bathroom, so... Yeah, yeah. Selena shows up and kind of fucks up the whole like stakeout yeah, I didn't see sort her of thing. Show up. All of a sudden, it was just like the car chase when I came back into the yeah, thing, and, and I was like, then, "Oh, cool." And then, yeah, fucking chaotic ass car chase. Uh, they find Annika's corpse in the trunk of one of the cars, so it's clear yeah. that Penguin was potentially involved in Annika's death, and or at least like disposing of her body or whatever. And yeah, fucking crazy car chase, insane fucking overpowered Batmobile and uh, cool car. I yeah, like it. No, it was intense. And Batman ends up capturing the penguin, but then they figure out that he was not actually the informant. They just fucking leave him like waddling tied up. Yeah. Waddling around like Perfect. with his feet and his, his arms tied together. Perfect. <laughs> so Batman and Gordon sort of go back and kind of look through the Riddler's trail of clues and everything again and figure out that it leads to a Wayne Foundation orphanage, an orphanage that was like funded by funded, the Wayne Foundation, funded back by in the, the Waynes day, yeah. or whatever. And figure out that the Riddler holds a grudge against the Wayne family, and that Bruce Wayne is kind of his like last target, or what he kind of assumes is his last target. And Bruce is like, "Fuck this! I gotta get out of here because you know he's gonna be going after me, and I'm not at home right now, but Alfred is." And so Alfred gets the package that is meant for Bruce Wayne and opens it up and it has a bomb in it that blows up and like takes out half of it's not Wayne Manor. There's no Wayne Manor in this story. It's like Wayne Tower or something like that. Like he lives in a penthouse downtown. It's weird because it's like he lives in the penthouse of Wayne Tower, which I mean, fair. That's from the but 80s, it looks man. like a gothic castle. <laughs> it, yeah, it looks like. Yeah, it does. Totally. And then <laughs> they go out to this uh, orphanage, which looks like Wayne Manor, Wayne Manor out, yeah. out in the middle of the no. I was it was a very strange bunch yeah, of decisions that they weird, made kind of back and forth. But yeah, yeah, weird switch up. And yeah, so that almost kills Alfred and he ends up in the hospital and, you know, Bruce feels all responsible and broody and everything. The Riddler leaks evidence to the public that Thomas Wayne, Bruce's dad was involved in 
a big cover up and also part of, yeah, part of this big cover up involving Sal Maroney, basically that Thomas Wayne, who had been running for mayor when he, at the time of his murder, yeah. had hired Falcone or Carmine Falcone to not necessarily kill, but like put the fear of God into a journalist that was going to expose who I swear was named Thomas Elliot, but I may be wrong. He was, he was Thomas okay. Elliot. And there is also, and they also show the, the Riddler wrote hush over his picture yeah. at one point. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 100%. Like there is okay. definitely reference there to the Elliot family and hush. Okay. So, Fair enough. I, w- I thought I was going nuts for a second. Cause I'm like, nobody else is talking about this except for yeah. like <laughs> me. And there's all this hush shit in this movie. And like, they didn't really do anything with it. Oh yeah. And totally. I know like Riddler's taught like tied to hush. Cause like of the, uh, the comic origin and stuff like that, like yeah. terrible, terrible, terrible end of that story. But either way, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's definitely some, some hush stuff coming through in there, but yeah, it was basically, it was going to, who was going to reveal that Martha Kane eventually Martha Wayne had like a, a history of mental illness that like she kept ending up in like asylums and stuff like that. Yeah. She's in Arkham, right? Or she was, I don't know if they actually show, no, because Arkham's a prison at this point. Right. Because Arkham is where Riddler ends up at the end. Like his, his it's prison facility, but it's like it's yeah. based on a state hospital or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's obviously for the criminally insane because he meets a very criminally insane person in that room. Very true. So, yeah. Arkham State Hospital, I guess, is yeah. what it is. But instead of just like, you know, sort of muscling this porter into killing the story, Falcone actually just fucking outright killed him. Yeah. So like Thomas Wayne inadvertently responsible for this dude's death. And it's not really clear what connection the Riddler has to that. Well, the Riddler was also in that orphanage, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Is 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 the connection? I thought he was the reporter's son who was orphaned when he was murdered. This is what I thought. I maybe I'm completely like I was high as a kite. Who knows? <laughs> and then he got, ended up in the orphanage, and that's why he has the big grudge against everybody. And like that's why he, that sounds like a supervillain origin story to me. You know yeah, I mean? it could be. If I mean, so. it, it, I think you could read it that way, but it's definitely not explicitly stated. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, gonna have to, I'm going to see it again on Thursday, which is kind of interesting because I usually don't go see these movies again after we've reviewed them for whatever reason. I usually don't watch them again until like they come out on home video, but I'm actually going to the theater again again. I mean, nice mm-hmm. to have purged my initial emotions about them on the podcast and then just go see it <laughs> kind of yeah. blank again. But yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how I that's how I read it. And that totally, but I mean, it makes sense to me as like a supervillain origin story that he would have that much trauma to lead him to become like seven serial killer version of the Riddler as opposed to normal, yeah, like, yeah, rootin' tootin' Frank Orshin version of the Riddler or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it felt like more like the fucking hush animated movie version of the Riddler than any comic book version it of the did, Riddler yeah. ever. <laughs> yeah. It totally, it kind of felt like, it always feels like when they do like the alternate world, like Earth One versions of the Riddler, and he's like a really terrifying psychopath, but they never yeah. go down that road with him. And I always want to say six one six, but I mean like in the main yeah. mainstream DC comics kind of yeah. thing, whatever the current Earth is. I don't know Earth Prime or whatever. Yeah. So but, uh, so Bruce, you know, this fucking throws his whole fucking world for a loop because he thought his dad was perfect. So he goes and visits Alfred in the hospital and like asks. Alfred, you know, if this was all true, Alfred basically says, yes, it was, you know, Thomas Wayne didn't intend for that reporter to die necessarily, but, you know, that he did hire Falcone. And uh, I mean, that fucking scene goes on way too long. 
I fucking started like nodding off during that one. Yeah, there's a bunch of shit down the middle of this where I was like, okay, this movie did not need to be three hours long, guys. Yeah. But we also get sort of this like back and forth about potentially Falcone having ordered Thomas and Martha Wayne's deaths, but there's like never a confirmation of it. And there's also like an alternate. Was it there was somebody else? Oh, was it Penguin also like throws out an idea about random street guy too? Yeah, about, about a random street guy or something. So yeah, they yeah. kind of leave it up to you know up to the viewer to decide who it was that actually killed Thomas and Martha Wayne. No, they didn't show us, which I was cl- quite God. glad that we didn't get another fucking rehash of the origin because everybody knows it at this point. I mean, it it definitely cast a long shadow on the movie, but it wasn't explicitly shown because you don't fucking need to show it this again. Mm-hmm. So. So then Selena ends up meeting up with Batman again after she sort of just disappeared for a while. Honestly, like the period since we last saw her has drug on so much that I fucking just almost entirely forgot about Catwoman at this point. She shows back up again and like, oh, wait, this character still exists. And she reveals to Batman that Falcone is her father, but like that Falcone doesn't know that he is her father. And that Falcone had her mother killed. And that's why like, she's so upset about Annika being killed by Falcone as well. Cause it's, you know, reminds her what happened with her mother a lot. I mean, it's Batman. It's just fucking parental trauma all over this. Right. Yeah. So she has a recording of Falcone strangling Annika because mm, the mayor had told Falcone. They grab a cop onto a rooftop at some point that they, yeah, that's, stop that's when this happens from shooting in the face. Yeah, yeah that, okay. that's where she gets this recording, recording from is, yeah. is from this cop. And that's uh, that that recording reveals that Falcone uh, killed Annika, strangled her to death because Mitchell had told Annika that Falcone was the informant, was the rat. Yeah. And so she wants to kill Falcone because of this, because, you know, not only did Falcone kill her mother, now she's also <laughs> killed her friend. Potentially lover. I don't know. I definitely they got. Imply, they imply that there's something else there because she's calls her her baby and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. They're kind of. There's I mean, some heavily implied bisexual cat woman in here. And Kravitz has gone on record in interviews saying that, that that's how she envisioned. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say Kravitz has talked about her being bisexual and the characters like canonically bisexual in the comics. Oh, now. yeah. Yeah. 100%. Uh, Batman and Gordon get to the iceberg lounge in time to stop Catwoman from killing Falcone. And then they bring Falcone outside of the club. I mean, there's, I'm cutting out like a whole, you know, huge fucking fight sequence and everything like through yeah. you know Batman fighting his way to Falcone through the club, which is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. And also dumb, but like, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He does it twice too, right? Like where he kind of like walks through the club. The second time he's clever about it and like carries his gear in and like like kind of sneaks his way in. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. The first time you just like walks through and starts pounding ass. Yeah, yeah. Fair. <laughs> Fair. I agree that he's learning. Was the the first time he like just kind of like walks in and just starts beating everybody up. I was like, yeah. why are you really thinking the long path to doing this? You could have gone through the roof probably and got there yeah. faster. And then this is the last time the 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 time that he just like sneaks in past the twins rather than like yeah. trying to beat them up or whatever this time. Yeah. Yeah. Locks them out this time. Isn't that what he does in the last one? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. But then they, you know, they arrest Falcone and bring him out and, you know, Falcone's doing his whole, like, Oh, I own the police department and everything. And Gordon is, you know, shows him that there's a bunch of cops that he still doesn't own. And he's like, ah, oh, fuck now I'm screwed. Then he takes Falcone 
out onto the street where the Riddler is like has been camped out like his house, basically his apartment is in a building right across from the entrance to the iceberg lounge. And he just fucking like pops Falcone right in the head and kills him. Yeah. Batman basically helped him. He was like an accessory to Falcone's murder. Yeah. Batman's terrible at his job. In this movie. <laughs> and like, the, you know, it was even in a fucking clue and everything like, like really like, bad. Batman. You know what I mean? Like he's really bad at this still. So yeah. I don't know. Like he's not thought about this enough at all. Yes. So it's very much Batman learning to like he can't just be out in the streets like beating the shit out of people. Like he has to actually fucking use his brain is kind of what yeah. this movie's about. But it's a really frustrating thing to watch <laughs> when you're used to Batman being like I mean, there's some of the Riddler riddles and stuff that he gets, but like they don't really help him in any way. Or yeah. you know, he, he I mean there's there's also times where he gets gets shit wrong and stuff and he gets real sidetracked and- by the hot girl too. He does very much so. Big chunks of the movie. He's like, I'm gonna protect this smoking hot chick who can very clearly take care of herself pretty effectively so but anyway yeah um distracted batman a little frustrating either way (laughs) and then they find riddler's apartment and yes it's very much the fucking killer from seven's apartment and is full of notebooks and shit like that and they find the riddler unmasked at this point you know just a sort of normal fucking looking dude in a cafe nearby having drawn a question mark into his fucking cappuccino yeah he basically is just waiting for them to pick him up and they take him and put him back behind bars and then and we learn here that he is basically a forensic accountant and that's how he figured out what was going on oh the other big thing that that the waynes were related to is all the money that's been going to you know fund all these criminal endeavors came from this like Wayne endowment yeah. thing called the renewal fund, which as yeah. soon as the, the Waynes were killed, these criminals basically found ways to access this money and use it for, you know, their Whatever. criminal enterprises kind of thing. And he was the one that sort of figured out the books had been cooked and that all this money was being used for fucking nefarious purposes. And that's why he knows the identity of all the people that were involved in covering it up and all that shit. So the Riddler is arrested and Batman goes in to visit him and there's this really fucking tense scene where they heavily imply that the Riddler knows that Batman is Bruce Wayne and Batman is pretty sure that he is pretty sure that the Riddler knows that he's Bruce Wayne. But in the end, it's just that the Riddler is lamenting that he didn't kill Bruce Wayne. He hasn't actually put two and two together or he has and they just don't tell us that he has or whatever. I don't it's know. weird. Cause like for like 10 years between the MCU and the DCEU, they really didn't emphasize secret identities at all. Like for yeah. a long time. And all of a sudden the last two big superhero movies we got are all about these characters being really concerned about their secret mm-hmm. identities. All of a sudden Spider-Man obviously. And then now this one to the point where like, he's so concerned about his secret identity. I almost didn't get why it was such a big deal. Because at this point, it feels like everybody always knows that he's Bruce Wayne anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, it almost, I was like, wait, why is he super concerned? Oh, he's still trying to protect his identity. Oh, we're really early on. <laughs> you just watched Coulson, uh, you know, the DA, yes. be like terrified that if, you know, he gave up the information that, like, you know, everybody he loves will be killed kind of thing. So, yeah. I think they, they do kind of hammer home that point that, you know, he needs to protect the people that are around him. And the way yeah. that he does that is 
by protecting his identity. And, and he sort of like has seen Batman as his partner and kind of co-conspirator through all this, which honestly fucking kind of has been yeah. and like his, you know, has, has helped him. And so that when Batman says that, like, no, you're just a fucking like crazy person, I, we're nothing alike. The Riddler gets real fucking upset and Batman starts leaves. Out. Yeah, starts freaking out and sort of hints to Batman that he thought that Batman would be able to figure out what like his end game was. And that hints to Batman that like there's shit, there's part of his plan that he hasn't uncovered yet. And so he goes back to the apartment and tears up the carpet with the implement that Riddler had killed the mayor with way back at the start of all this. Yeah. The carpet tucker. Yeah. And sees a map of Gotham that has these little lights on it uh, and finds a video on his computer, basically highlighting like his final plan, which is to blow up the seawalls of Gotham and flood the city and also to recruit a bunch of these like fucking online, you know, extremist crazies that have been like following his blog to start like just fucking massacring people in the city, pretty much like indiscriminately killing is, I don't know, that's about the only I could get from it in terms of what that part of the plan entailed. You read Year Zero, right? I read Zero Year, yeah. Yeah, Zero Year, whatever it yeah. was. That, that, yeah, that, I got a lot exactly of that vibe. It's that, well, it's that and No Man's Land. I felt yeah, and a health, healthy dose of No Man's Land in there too, yeah, for sure. I was yeah. just like, it, it felt like they at least did their homework. Like they're home watching the comics a little bit as opposed to Oh yeah, to like, for sure. Well, I mean, stuff. Riddler is so heavily involved in that Zero Year stuff, right? Well, like that's he's what a I, villain. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean, yeah. yeah. So like I was kind of happy with that. Like it felt like they did their homework for the most part. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if they quite understood Bruce Wayne as much as like I wish they did, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's not, not a lot of Bruce in this uh, Batman, but. No. Riddler legitimately says like, you know, that he looks at Batman and I think that's why he doesn't figure out that Bruce is Batman is because, you know, he figures out that whoever's under the mask doesn't really matter that, you know, Batman is the, the identity, right. The main, yeah. the main identity. And we've had that discussion over and over oh, and over yeah, again, yeah, yeah. talking about Batman. Right. So, yeah. It, so this whole sequence happens now, the, you know, Batman is too late. The fucking bombs all blow and the city gets flooded. And, you know, he's trying to get people to shelter in the stadium in the middle of the city, like Gotham gardens or something like that. Yeah. It's- like MSG basically in the middle of Manhattan Island is yeah. basically what it is. Like this is a very like New Yorky Gotham and it's like a big MSG esque arena right in the middle of it. It's also where Bella Real is having like her victory speech for yeah. the uh, election. The, they were all yeah, for, the, for winning the election. And uh, that's where the Riddler's goons are all waiting for them. Or I, I mean, followers or whatever acolytes, yeah. I guess we can say are all like waiting for the, the people of Gotham and uh, Batman and Selena, you know, together sort of stop, well, stop all, you know, the murderers or the assassins, terrorists, whatever. Terrorist works, I think. During which time the mayor does get shot in the gut and then is wandering around in like fucking just rancid water, at which point that gunshot is totally septic. Yeah. Yeah. She's got an infection for sure. So she needs to go to the doctor <laughs> as quickly as possible, get on some antibiotics. Yeah. He injects himself with venom also about halfway through the fight. Uh, yeah, they it looks like venom, right? It's, it's like green. Bright, That's bright green kind of if thing. He had just given himself like an adrenaline shot, I'd be like, oh, okay. But it's glowing green. I was like, oh, that's venom. Yeah. Right? Like that's supposed <laughs> it to be venom. Is implied yeah. that it is venom. And he gets up because like Selena's like, about to get gets up like venom really yeah. would that cause him to. And he's yeah. like, I like that because he they've talked, he's talked about 
him using this Batman, like this Bruce treating Batman as like his drug addiction. Mm -hmm. I mean, because he's he keeps comparing himself to fucking Kurt Cobain for whatever reason. And then like, yeah, so that makes sense that he would be the one who's driven because he has to be driven past his physical, like to his physical peak. That he would Mm -hmm. be interested in something like Venom. And I like that they hinted that kind of that's a story that I think would be interesting for them to tackle in one of these movies is him losing control a little bit. I wish he was bigger if they're going to do the rage Batman, though, because he's so (laughs) tiny. Yeah, I, I, I he looks like it. a kid in hockey pads. You know what I mean? Like they, they don't look like <laughs> they fit bit. properly. So, yeah. so sort of in the aftermath of, of Bruce stopping or Batman and Selena like stopping all of these fucking terrorists, the city is still fucking flooded. And so Batman, why sets does anybody out live the, in Gotham? Like I would, yeah. everybody should just move out of Gotham. Like leave Gotham, go to Metropolis, guys. It's nicer. <laughs> Even if there isn't a Superman, I bet you Metropolis is nicer. Yeah. Batman like sets out to sort of, you know, rather than have the people of Gotham be scared of him, he like helps with the rescue efforts and shit like that. And sort of, I mean, they literally say that he's like becoming hope. And I'm like, okay, you just fucking stole that from Zack Snyder at this point. Yeah, they really did. (laughs) They really did. Straight up Zack Snyder Superman. He was legit a more like giving and kind hero at the end of this movie than like they ever let Superman be in any of those movies except for Justice League. (laughs) Mm, I, don't I don't know, man. Man of Steel, he's kind of a dick. So, <laughs> yeah. So, and the the very last sort of sequence is Selena and Bruce having their like little tender moment where like Selena realizes that Bruce, you know, his first love is his dedication lies with the city, and so she says she's going to go somewhere. She talked about going to Bloodhaven, actually. Yeah, she does name drop Bloodhaven, which I thought was yeah. interesting. So, and they have a nice little like uh, motorcycle ride together through a cemetery and. Bruce goes one way and Selena goes the other and oh I missed the sequence in the fucking prison asylum. where yeah in the asylum where fucking Riddler is all pissed off that Batman is not part of his plans the way that he thought he is and then a character that is heavily is is the Joker that's Barry Keoghan playing the Joker sort of comforts him from the next cell over kind of thing which just felt real fucking tacked on distasteful i was that completely ruined the movie for me like i was like oh you the yeah. suits fuck this thank you that's yeah. like that didn't need to be there completely unnecessary like i was so yeah, irritated by was. that Ugh. yeah because like the rest of the movie i'm like i'm enjoying this for the most part and then they do that and i was like oh yeah see you suits you ruined it anyway but that was the plot of the batman all right so that was the plot of the batman where do you want to go you want to start with what you liked because there was a lot in there that i quite enjoyed so yeah, I mean, top level for me, Matt Reeves set out to make a gothic noir detective Batman movie. I think he achieved, achieved exactly that. He did, yeah, hundred percent. Like, I mean, yeah, and like, there's so many like hints to the like grander Batman lore, and like the look of it kind of hinted back to Burton, and kind of hinted at Arkham, like the games and stuff like that. That yeah. was like the visual cues from the games was what I was kept taking, like mm-hmm. the neon drenched like scum pit i was like yeah man this is like <laughs> yeah it was dirty it was a fucking yeah. dingy gotham i was like i like this but it had that like and that's what i like about that version of gotham like it's always raining first of all like very seven-esque like yeah constantly raining so it's constantly raining it's dingy as shit and it's bathed in neon i was like that's like late 20th early 2000 like 21st century gotham that's like, what it yeah, should it's like look cyber like. gothic almost right yeah, like, this is almost look like blade runner town like almost yeah. be it should be like evil hell version of Blade Runner Town or whatever. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, and this is by far. It is. Yeah. 
this is my favorite Gotham so far. I, I, it, it's up there for me. I'd have to like sit down and like do a side by side comparison, I, like I did see some already. shots of each kind of thing. But like, for, it's it's definitely the most most gothic version of Gotham that we've seen yet in live action. Like, I would give the the Burton ones more like more gothic, but this is more that's like more like fucking noir cartoon, kind of, cartoony gothic almost. Yes, though. but that's what I mean. Like, this is more like noir gothic, like real life kind of yeah, like yeah yeah. So the the weird Glasgow London Chicago yes. hybrid Gotham with like cobblestone streets in some of the neighborhoods it it weirdly works in one yeah. of those like sort of liminal spaces like i i can't imagine how this place works in reality but that's exactly sort of the like fucking twisted weird you know space that you want gotham to exist in this is a completely different conversation to have but i like one of my biggest caveats with this movie is that it doesn't lean into the supernatural aspects of batman they're always mm-hmm. afraid in the movies of leaning into the real weird shit that you can get into with batman and like this is so close in tone to the games like it feels so just like removed slightly from like what the arkham games become in tone and like look and all that kind of stuff and those lean so heavily into like the weird of all this stuff and mm-hmm. even the name Arkham and doing it as that liminal kind of space all implies the old Lovecraft, like cosmic horror kind of elements to tie back into Gotham city and stuff like that. Lean into that stuff. Like there's Gothic horror to do, like do make it weird and supernatural lean into a Solomon Grundy that you just don't explain. You know what I mean? Like, but they don't ever seem to want to do that. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of my big gripe about this. Like there's still like, we still want it to be real, real world. Like we still want it to be Chris Nolan. Super well, grounded. Yeah. I don't yeah. Oh, do something fantastical. Like I want to see Mr. Freeze. Yeah. They went the other way. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we've seen Mr. Freeze, but yes, I no, mean, there, you there's, know what a cool I mean. like, I do, see there's a cool way right. to do Mr. Yeah. Freeze. Yeah, exactly. You know, that, that is highly stylized, but not jokey kind of thing. And yeah, I, exactly. I agree. I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, but the thing is, I, nobody can fucking, I don't know. Do you think anybody's going to be able to outdo that fucking animated series version of that story, though? Why? Why bother? Just do yeah, that exactly. fucking story. <laughs> there you go. They just adapt that for live action. I would watch that for I sure. Mean, this is basically like a, a couple. They, they, I mean, most of these Batman movies generally are a couple stories kit bashed together. Mm. I think you could do worse than using Heart of Fucking Ice as the foundation for your Mister Freeze movie when you finally get around to doing it properly. And you know what? You know what I would do cast Arnold again. He's a serious actor now. Serious <laughs> old man Arnold. Do it again. Let him do it seriously. Like, re- like totally subtle. That would no. be dope as shit. No, do <laughs> no not I don't want that at all. <laughs> do not want that at all. Okay, give me that. Give me like a Brian Cranston or somebody. <laughs> like somebody could act. No, I mean this, rather than leaning into the supernatural, this clearly leaned even harder than any other take that we've seen into the psychological side of Batman, right? Like it's very much a Batman that is weaponized fear over gadgets. He still has gadgets, but like clearly like what the main thing he's relying on is fucking fear. That nice car, not batarangs. (laughs) There's no, there's no fucking batarangs in this whole movie. Well, he's got the one that attached was it's a bat knife. This time, I guess Yeah, it's not not a batarang, but I, I, I found that Pattinson found that he does strike quite an imposing figure in the bat suit, even though he didn't bulk up for the role. I don't know if that's just presence, but I, I was okay with that. I didn't find, and I also find it goofy. that He would just walk up to people. Well, he just kept walking up to everybody and like <laughs> letting himself get shot really drove me. But again, like it's just him. See, he's my presence, big, right? 
I can't talk about it because he's my biggest gripe about this movie. Actually, <laughs> I have so many problems with the way they portrayed Batman and like the way he did it too. Like, I don't like his voice. I hate the cowl. Like, can we talk about that fucking cowl <laughs> being the worst bat cowl in the history of Batman movies? Holy Batman. shit! Oh, that flat nose. Yeah. It is dumb droopy eyes. I hate like I can't do it anymore. It just doesn't look right. Anyway, <laughs> it looked cheap, which I was I mean, well, the, I don't well, know. this whole Batman looked cheap, right? Like it's yeah. it's him, you know, sort of still figuring shit out. He doesn't have he doesn't have the fucking Lucius Fox to make all the fucking gadgets yeah. and shit for him. Like he's doing all this shit himself with like maybe a little bit of help from Alfred, right? And so like a lot of it felt like fucking cobbled together. Yeah, which is why I'm more forgiving of certain aspects of it. But there's just parts of it that I'm like, oh man, like you could you could still make it look like look homemade and not make it look so lame. Like, I just hate the way the cow just sits on his head. Like, it drove me nuts the whole time I was watching the movie. <laughs> and then, like, he a talks too much and talks in such like a non different tone from his Bruce Wayne voice. It's like, why are you like you're not hiding your voice at all? Yeah, they didn't make any effort to distinguish Bruce Wayne from Batman here. It's basically just rec- reclusive Bruce Wayne in this. And he's- and until he's around Catwoman, where he's suddenly the most verbose, soft-spoken Batman I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, he can't stop fucking babbling around her. And I'm like, wow, this... What are you doing, man? Like, <laughs> you talk too much, and you're not doing any hiding of the voice thing. Your cow sucks. I had a lot of problems with Pattinson in this, which I was not... I didn't... I was... I didn't, like, go, like, completely insane when he got cast. I was like, oh, okay, I could see it. Because, like, he's that good-looking dude who would be a good Bruce Wayne. I don't think he I don't think he's there yet. We'll just see how he does in the sequel, yeah. I think. Because like right now I'm like, no. Yeah, like he I mean, he's not gonna be my favorite Batman for sure, no. but I <laughs> How can you replace Adam West, really? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean I I feel like he's gonna end up like being sort of middle of the pack Batman for me. Like, you know, not no not at the bottom, not at the yeah, top. He's not gonna he's not gonna be Clooney, you know what I mean? No, he's not gonna be but, Clooney. I I might even like him better than Kilmer. Oh, yeah, probably. I, I mean, yeah. I like him better, but he's not going to be better than Bale to me, probably. No, yeah, exactly. I think like, Bale I really like, always... Bale kind of nailed it for me, so... Yeah. But but in some ways, it's actually, in terms of the portrayal, I found it's actually a more lighter and hopeful version of Batman than what we got with Bale or... Like Bale Nolan, in yeah. particular. Yeah, Bale or yeah. even or Batfleck, right? Like, I think... It, I, I, have, I can't judge Batfleck because we didn't see him enough. I feel like I don't know that Batman well enough to really, like, judge anything about him. Well, yeah, I mean, they give you, they give you glimpses and stuff. By, like, yeah. The, when we were introduced well, and to that's, him, so like, And that's just it, right? I think you could make, and we, I messaged you this right after the movie, I think a case could be made here that Batman actually doesn't kill anyone in this movie, which definitely <laughs> cannot be said for any other Batman's live-action Batman since Adam West. I was thinking the same thing until I actively saw him point one of the Riddler guy's shotguns at the other guy and shoot him in the chest. And I was like, well, that guy's probably fucking dead. Or well, he least, probably like, didn't pull the trigger, but but I mean, he pointed yeah. the gun at the guy, so like, <laughs> may as well. I'm no, I'm not arguing with you like too much on that one. I think he was pretty close to like a no kill Batman, which is nice because like even Bale like fucking murdered a ton yeah. of people. So and you could tell that he was going out of his way to try not to kill some. Like you know, the he was knocking the some of the extremists off the fucking platform at that last fight scene but he knew that they were all tethered right so yeah. that they weren't gonna fucking die and shit or he had like grapple lined them so that they were tethered like himself yeah, yeah, or, thing, yeah so. all that sort of thing so you know I, I think that is one thing that you know one of our biggest gripes with all every other you know we did that whole series reviewing Batman movies and in every case after Adam West we were like 
Yeah, he killed a bunch of fucking people. This one specifically, <laughs> like I remember, like really whining about it in the Burton and the Affleck ones. Like those were the two. I was like, what the fuck? Oh, it's yeah. just murder of people, like left, right, yeah, center. I mean, fucking but Keaton had fucking machine uh, guns, machine on the guns Batmobile, in the Batmobile yeah. and shit. Like, so flex. So like, I, yeah. whatever. Yeah, I know. So. I was like, they they did a little bit better job of obfuscating it in the Nolan movies. Like he didn't like actively like on camera just like fucking murder somebody in front of you. Yeah, but yeah. there's a couple like implications where it's like, well, he does that. <laughs> Razzle will die and shit like that so it's a little bit more like nebulous yeah. and and he does shit here that is clear, like that guy's head is caved in now kind of thing like this guy's bones are jelly <laughs> they're like no kill and then like there's the scene actively in this movie where he pounds some guy's head right into the fucking wall and I'm like that dude's dead <laughs> like I know it's a comic book movie and like head trauma you just knock people out like that's Batman that's yeah. supposed to happen but like if you fucking crack somebody's skull into a concrete wall and they fall down unconscious you can't leave them alone like that that person's gonna die after that so kind of murdered a couple people in this movie still anyway <laughs> but, you know, whatever yes his kills kill count is very low for live action batman so yeah it, while we're talking about like his fighting style it was distinctive it was very direct very like powerful very strong not a lot of like you know judo flips and fucking like martial artsy kind of stuff it was it was a little like, bit more like i felt like it kind of harkened back to bale like i didn't think he did anything that much different from what we saw with like christian bale in like the dark knight i, I think in bale just relied combat. more on gadgets and stuff in his combat oh. than there's a scene literally in the dark knight where he's like infiltrating a club to get sal maroney and he just oh, walks yeah. through a bunch of guys and starts pounding them and i'm like oh yeah. he's doing exactly the same like toss elbows and shit that you're <laughs> supposed to do krav maga style yeah and then, yeah. like i was watching pattinson going i'm like hey he's still doing the krav maga he kind of like Bale bat stuff. Cool. All right. Cool. Fine. Definitely not the bat god. I mean, even Bale had like a lot of the bat god kind of like invulnerable. Yeah, he, like he fucked up dudes like crazy. Well, and not just that, but like you know he can take any fucking hit and he's fine kind of thing. Like, oh, like okay, fucking, no, no, no. you like, cannot. Bruce Wayne here got knocked about, like three times. Like yeah, not totally unconscious. To be shot with machine guns, also. You know what I mean? So like you you can't because he's got faith getting... in the armor. <sighs> <laughs> that's not a batman move at all allowing yourself to be shot 48 times you know what i mean like he avoids the shots hides in the shadows takes the guns out those just walk that was my big problem with this batman he plods into the middle of every fight and just like starts swinging i'm like what the fuck are you doing do you talk about hiding in the shadows Again, by the end, it was as a tactic thing, and then he, I he's mean, doing he it by the end. there eventually. Yeah. Yeah. But at first, I was like, "What the fuck is this guy doing? Just lumbering out to the middle of a gang, taking yeah. a couple of these motherfuckers out first. I played this. I played the Arkham games too many times. I start thinking <laughs> like a Batman. I'm like, doing there's the stealth mode guys shit. there. You need to get into stealth mode. Take six of them out before you start swinging at them. Nope, just start swinging and get sh- like he's got half his face exposed, and they're shooting at him with Uzis and shit. How did he not get clipped? Well, they talk about his like, you know, eyes the... are exposed. That's the big <laughs> thing with this Batman also is I got to look at his droopy eyes and they don't have the lenses in. So like they're doing the I'm going to walk out of shadows thing. And if you don't do the white eyes, it doesn't really work quite as coolly as it does in like the comics yeah. are animated and they don't do it. And they give him an excuse with the contacts to have some kind of like effect to his eye. And they make still it, don't make do his it. make his eyes milky or something. That'd be weird. Not even milky, I don't know but like even if it, they were vaguely a little bit more reflective in the dark because they mm. had the contacts in or something like that. So you could kind of catch a glint of it occasionally. Even that like would be that, cool. Like cat's like eyes dogs. in the dark like, kind of thing or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like dog eyes That'd in the dark. Cool. Right. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Like do something like that to indicate that those lenses are there. Yeah. And then he comes out of the shadows and you see him and it's like, okay, 
then I could accept the stupid eyes, like being able to see his eyes. I I just want lenses once, just do it once for a movie. Because you do Spider Man now, and he's got the lenses and they move. Let's yeah. do Batman that way. You can buy sets of those fucking glasses at uh, at Avengers Campus that will like yeah do like some of the eye eye. But that's shit what I mean. Stuff. Like if they're doing Spider Man and like Deadpool, I mean Deadpool's a joke, right? Like that's kind of a gag at that yeah. point. But like if you're doing Spider Man with active lenses, like let's do fucking Batman with active lenses, so you can do that walk out of the shadows, eyes get narrow kind of mm-hmm. shot in live action. Finally, I don't, I don't think that would have fit with this aesthetic, though, right? No, I don't know. I just, I still want to see it, and I just feel like now yeah. we're going to get ten years of this. <laughs> I don't want it. Like, yeah. I want it like a, a more supernatural version of Batman now, and I'm, yeah. not, I'm never going to get it in my lifetime. I assume I only have ten, like, ten years left of this, basically. <laughs> uh, but we were also talking about, you know, Batman like still trying to figure shit out. Holy shit, he was definitely still trying to figure out that glider suit. Yeah, it was ugly. <laughs> he fucking aided in that thing. And to the point where like you could tell that he didn't have confidence in it before he jumped with it. He was just like, This is my only fucking option at this point, so I gotta do it. Yep. Yeah, he ate <laughs> shit for his trouble. Yeah. So oh, yeah, he fucking just got yeah, brutalized by that bridge. <laughs> All right. Before we get into like gripey gripes, let's talk about how much we like the rest of the cast because I did yes. enjoy everything else. This cast great. Oh, the cast is amazing in this movie. Like I, yeah. I like and I don't hate Pattinson. Like he's getting like a B minus from me. I think, yeah. you know what I mean. Like I didn't hate. I just I had some issues. I think the script kind of makes him look goofier than he needs to in a couple spots. But I know they're trying to do early days Bruce. But even yeah. early days Bruce wasn't a fumbling fucking idiot the entire time. <laughs> and this guy's pretty fucking close to a fumbling fucking idiot for the entire run of the movie. But he is working across from like. Probably my favorite Jim Gordon interpretation, and I love Gary Oldman. Yeah, I, I, I really still think, like. Jeffrey I still Wright. think I like Gary Oldman. I love Jeffrey Wright. Uh, I think he did a great job in it. I just don't think they didn't give him a whole fucking lot to do here. He's just kind of sidekicky, right? Like he's just kind of around when Batman's doing badass shit. They totally gave him more to do, and they gave fucking Alfred to do. Like, it's they true. Gave, yes, they hype up like, oh, we got Andy Serkis as Alfred, and they fucked him right off like thirteen <laughs> seconds into the movie. <laughs> it's true. I was disappointed because I was actually kind of enjoying him. Yeah, I liked him. He's a subdued, normal human being character versus either he's usually either like a CG character or he's flawed and horrible and just insane. So I was enjoying him giving like a subdued English proper British actor performance. I was like, oh, he's good at this. And he's gone in like an hour. I'm like, oh, that sucks. So like Jeffrey Wright got more screen time. So like I feel like he was better developed and like used better. And I yeah. liked the way he interacted. I liked how he was relying on Batman because he knew that like he could rely on Batman because Batman's like a kindred spirit, like actually there for the right reason. But mm-hmm. he's still like, come on, man. Like he said, he calls him man like a lot. He's always like turning to him and being like, come on, dude. You know, like stop being yeah. such a fucking whiny putz. <laughs> like he has a couple moments where he like he reacts to, to this Batman the way I would react to this Batman. Yeah. Where, like Batman does something like kind of putzy and he just looks at him like, Fuck, dude! Like, come yeah, on. The only other joke in the movie, too, which was yeah. when he and Batman are going in to confront Marone or uh, uh, Falcone, Falcon, and uh, yeah. yeah, and Batman says no guns. He's so like, come on, man! Thing. Come on, man! That's your thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, all right, Jeffrey Wright. That's why I liked him because he got probably the, he's involved in the only two jokes in the movie because it's that and thumb drive. Because when he says thumb drive, he fucking looks at him like, Aww. did you fucking say that? <laughs> like, why? Why did you do that? Yeah, Jesus. And that's J. 
Jeffrey Wright kind of brought me through the movie. It was very much like a, yeah, like a, a Danny Glover, like I'm too old for this shit uh, yes. kind of moment. right? <laughs> yeah. And that's who Jim Gordon is supposed to be. And I thought they kind of nailed it. And like, I like the Gary Oldman one too. And he's very like comic book, Jim Gordon. Like if you were mm-hmm. going to like a lot of what the, the bail fat movies, like the, the dark Knight trilogy got is if you were going to cast the comic book, white bread version of all of these fucking characters, they crushed that. They can't, you can't do better than that. Yeah, so it's time for a new take. Casting archetypal versions of the characters like Christian Bale looks exactly like a comic book Bruce Wayne would look. Anne Hathaway, hot Jesus, does she look exactly (laughs) like they draw Selena Kyle in the comics, right? Like as a white, like all white woman. Yeah, exactly like Anne Hathaway. No, Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, Jeffrey Wright is Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, yeah, that's that's got me pretty excited for that GCPD series or Gotham yes. Central series or whatever it is I, that they're I, which, doing. Oh, which apparently has completely changed into an Arkham show now. Really? You should. You need to go catch up on the rumors about that show. You've been gone for a week. Huh. Ever since this thing is like this movie's come out and everybody's been going nuts about it, the rumors about those shows have just been spiraling out of control. There's a Catwoman show apparently happening now with her. They want to go do Watch Catwoman in Rome. Oh, I mean, obviously, I'd watch that because, like, yeah. damn, she there and there we go. Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman, crushes the shit out Ooh, of it. Yeah, like, total fucking smoke show. Oh my great, god, great yeah. chemistry with Pattinson, even through yes. the suits and masks, and she had a fucking whip. Like, what more can you ask for? Uh, nothing really. She's like as good a like Catwoman as you can get at yeah. this point. Like, I don't know who you, how you can cast this better. She got all the personality you want. She got all the attitude you want. Yeah. Once she gets a proper costume and starts like, you know, really fat and catting here, like we're going to have a lot of fun with these characters. I hope anyway, because mm-hmm. he's mopey as shit. If they don't bring her back to counteract against him in the next movie, it's going to be a long haul for Mark. <laughs> she really like it's her who gets me through this flick. Yeah. Like her and Jeffrey Wright kind of carry everything for me. Yeah, it was kind of interesting character wise to pull on that uh, comic book thread uh, from Dark Victory of, of Catwoman being Falcone's daughter. Yeah, was I think sort of like implied in that story, but never fully. It's not like you know been canonically confirmed well, or anything. Yeah, it says it out loud, but I don't think it's ever like confirmed. Confirmed, and there is yeah. one in Rome. Like there is a a mini series that Tim Sale and Jeff Loeb did. Yeah, yeah, this four issue one that I don't think it ever confirms it either. I've haven't. I've only read that once. Hardcover, I think, not a mini series. Well, it was four issues. Was it okay? This is back when I was collecting Batman like hard. When Long Halloween came out, I was a monthly reader. Because that's mm. like early 2000s, right? I was, that was like no man land time. I was right in the middle of all this shit. Um, this, Batman's the only character you really can't <laughs> check me on, actually. Like, true. Anything else with DC, I'll be like, yeah, fine. Fuck, Tim knows better than me. When it comes to Batman, I'm like, ah, 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 ah. Yeah, I read issues. all of this shit. Yeah, it's a, it was a mini, right? Like four or yeah. six, something like that. Six, six, yeah, six issue six? miniseries, 2004, yeah. 2005. I do have the trade right before I started sort of collecting all of DC. Yeah, I do have the trade. Uh, so I knew, but I had the individual issues also because I was, yeah. I, I have the individual issues of the original like Dark Knight, Legends of the Dark Knight books that they did together. And I have mm. the individual issues of Long Halloween, Dark Victory, and When in Rome. When in Rome. Nice. Yeah. So I was reading like actively then. Actually, that was like the time when I was probably spending the most amount of money because I was buying tons of prestige books from both companies. Like, mm-hmm. I would buy anything big from either company. So I was buying, like, all those big JLA books that were coming out at the time. So it was Grant Morrison-era JLA. Mm-hmm. Or, like, getting into, like, the next gen of that. And then, like, Batman was huge that whole fucking time. Constantine was coming. Like, there was still Hellblazer happening. There was real Hellblazer before they killed it for New 52. I was reading tons of DC stuff at the time. 
And then uh, they did one of the reboots and I kind of lost interest again. Like 52 kind of killed a lot of DC for me, unfortunately. Yeah. Like I stopped reading around there. What else we got in here? I mean, we can talk. Rid- like, Riddler, she was Joker or Riddler, Penguin. Riddler. Um, I liked the Penguin better than I liked Paul Dano. <laughs> so we can talk yeah. about it. Yeah, I think he was better. Like Paul Dano did a fine psycho like version of that character. He just played yeah. a pretty like wrote Hollywood version of the psycho killer like with cult leader kind of aspirations. Yeah, it was super, it. super jigsaw, yeah. you know, like demented mutilating contraptions that are like meant to symbolize the victim's wrongdoings. Like I instantly recognize that from, you know, being a pretty big fan of the saw movies. Yeah. Which is funny too. Cause it's like, you kind of want them to do the Riddler, right? They just, they, they did this version of him or the Jim Carrey version of him, but they've never really kind of done the like, He's just actually as smart as Batman, and that's like his shtick. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's just obsessed with like proving that. Don't think they needed to make this Riddler quite as over the top. I mean, it didn't. Yeah, yeah I didn't hate it, but I think that maybe it was, you know, Paul Dano maybe overacted it here and there kind of thing. I think like once they got him like unmasked and behind the glass and they were having that interaction, when he goes arch, it's like, oh, okay, we're, we're going here. And that, yeah. that's when it became a little bit much for me. And that's like two minutes before they introduced him to the Joker, which yeah. is like, all right, we've ruined this fucking bullshit anyway by doing that. So it was an interesting choice to make him almost sympathetic, right? Because he's bringing like Gotham's yeah. corruption into the light and then, you know, cleaning it up kind of thing. Well, you want to make your villain at least a little bit like in the right, right? Like a good villain should be, like, you should look at a good villain and be like, oh yeah, he kind of makes sense. He's doing it wrong. But like yeah. his point is well, valid. So you know it's possible to make a villain that doesn't have to have you don't need to sympathize with his intent or whatever but this was definitely they made that choice especially because it feels like they're going to bring him back at some point also like they oh yeah for sure and and yeah i mean he he fucking basically beat batman for most of the fucking movie right like he was outsmarting him he was you know thinking that batman was helping him willingly but batman was was just fucking up Cause like I got that what was going on and it felt like Pattinson hadn't quite got there yet. And I was like, are you not, he doesn't get it yet. Does he? Oh, oh there he got, he got it. Oh, yeah. it's like, he wanted you to do all that shit that you did. Yeah. <laughs> he played you like a fiddle and it, it was very different from, you know, the pathological need that the comic book Riddler has yes. to leave the clues behind, you know, which ultimately end up being his undoing, you know, most of the time it yeah. was very much, he was leaving those clues behind because he wanted Batman to solve them because in solving them, Batman would end up helping him. Yep. Yeah. He outplayed Batman again, like a rookie Batman who doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. It's played. So, and that's, that's exactly what Matt Reeves wanted to do was, you know, have this Batman that was still figuring shit out and that was fucking up and making mistakes. And that's what he did. He does a lot of that. He does does a lot lot of that. that. Anything else? with penguin it was interesting making him just more of a you know not a it's still a not really a caricature but just more of like a straight up real world crime boss like i would picture this dude in a mob movie right like and it would not be out of place. i've always wanted them to like i mean that's kind of how they play him in the comics now like where he's kind of the guns and like logistics like guy like he's usually yeah, the he's more like a little fucking squat hunched over like weirdo right with the with the umbrella fetish yeah, I guess it depends on who's Most drawing them, though, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, like, yeah, there's that. But that's, I mean, that's comic book Batman where you can get away with, like, a little bit more arch nonsense, right? Like, you can do Solomon Grundy and have the penguin actually look like a penguin man. I mean, they did it in the Tim Burton movie. Yeah. Like, where he's a little penguin man. 
At least this one's not that. Whereas, like, I like, I like this one better. This one, this one, kind of feels like the uh, the Arkham one. See, I keep leaning into those games. Like, it kind of feels like the Arkham version of that. So I was like, I was cool with it. I really like Colin Farrell as Penguin. Actually, I'm glad they're doing that show. I hope Batman Mm -hmm. in that show, though. I hope it's not just like about the Penguin. Yeah, I hope there's like some like actual interactions between like him and the rest of like some of the other criminals in Gotham, and then also like let's have Batman show up again. (laughs) You don't have to have Pattinson show up to have Batman show up. You know, yeah. that's what they keep forgetting. It's like, just have the suit appear yeah. in the fucking distance. Whoops. You know, like, yeah. he doesn't have to be there for everything, especially for Batman. You just want him to, like, appear. That's enough, yeah. right? Like, His presence. Yeah. So overshadowing things and everything. Yeah. So there you go. Um, I do want to show, like, production design and stuff like that. Like, yeah. this movie, like, looks and sounds excellent. Mm-hmm. special effects like seamless i didn't see any cg wonk anywhere yeah. it looked like it was very practically done for the most part like some of the costuming like i'm not super keen on the bat suit that's just personal preference probably yeah. more than anything it did distract like his the cowl is just ugly like it looks should look kind of cool but it doesn't look cool at all i don't know whatever yeah. i thought it was you know talking about production i thought it was beautifully shot so yeah. much that when a shot was only like good rather than great it was noticeable yeah the only one that really the head cam shots during that glider sequence, those were really fucking like took me out of it. They reminded me of those like GoPro water slide shots in that first Hobbit movie where it's yeah. just so jarring because they're so different. But that besides that, every other like shot and framing and everything was like good to great kind of thing for me. Yeah, no, I had a uh, like the camera work was good. I mean, I had a couple of spots where I was like, he's trying to frame this like a Fincher thing. And it's not hundred yeah. percent there, but like for the most part, he took his time and like got it shot properly. Uh, he had that DP, right? Who's the DP on this? It's somebody who's really good. People have been talking about like deserves more. Greg Frazier is his name. And he has been working on the Mandalorian recently. Okay. But he did rogue one. Is he just the oh, cinematographer nice. on this Australian cinematographer? So he has worked on, Oh, okay. He, come on. He's your boy. He shot Dune. He was the lens guy on Dune. Oh, nice. He was yeah, the lens guy on Rogue One. He was the lens guy on Foxcatcher, which just shot like insanely well. Uh, he was obviously, he's the lensman on the Batman. He's the lensman on the f- chapter one, three, and seven of season one of The Mandalorian, which are the first and last episodes. So, I think that, oh no, was that eight? Oh, whatever. They had the first one, which was extremely well shot. I remember talking about it being well mm-hmm. shot. Nice. Yeah. So, he's like a very talented Zero Dark 30. Yeah. He yeah. won a bunch of fucking That's awards for, too. so that was really well shot, also. But yeah, yeah. he's he he's got the goods. Ooh, let guy. me in. That's a great fucking horror movie. That was yeah. Matt. That's where he first, I think, might have Matt first Reeves. worked with Matt Reeves. Yeah, yeah. It actually looks like it was. Yeah, yeah. It would have been. Yeah, totally makes sense. <laughs> yep. Cool. In terms of the way it was shot, that whole like two tone noir that they shot a lot of the movie in worked really fucking well for me. You know, sometimes it was red black, sometimes it was blue black kind of thing, but and I would say maybe half of the movie was was shot in that sort of color palette right like where it was like black and some other color was everything yeah. bathed in those hues kind of thing i'm hoping for a black and white dump of this at some point like a proper like rebalance cool. like uh the way they did mad max or justice league mm-hmm. where it was properly done in grayscale um and it looks really good and that hallway sequence that was like uh you know all illuminated by the muzzle flashes that's not the first time that it's been done but it's a good no. example of yeah of that shot and it, i thought that worked really well too. you, you know what I, I feel like they they probably we, there was like and i'm wondering if they thought about it while they were shooting it because a lot of this felt like daredevil 
like some of the fight sequences and stuff yeah. That yeah. were very reminiscent of like season very scrappy three. Yeah, yeah, like up Daredevil. I'm like, and the, some of the, as soon as I started doing like him walking down hallways and beating up dudes, I'm like, I'm immediately just thinking about Matt because yeah. like that's kind of what that's, that's going to be. He likes fighting hallways a lot. So yeah. in the dark. Yeah, in the lobby. <laughs> it's an advantage for him. He doesn't know, right? So like, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I got fucking chills when the Batman first fired up. Like that, that sound design was fucking fantastic. What do you mean the Batman is fired up? The car, you mean? The Batmobile? The, the, sorry, the Batmobile, yeah. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know what it reminded me of? You know the first Blade movie where like he's got that super tuned like charger and they really yeah, yeah, it yeah. as part of the mix? I love it when you play the car as part of the audio mix where they've got the engine rumbling so low it's kicking the Atmos, like it's yeah, killing yeah. your subwoofer. Oh, man, my theater was shaking. Yeah, when they were playing it, because it was like the first was screening that, of it. Yeah, oh, that sound was just fantastic. fucking fantastic, and that yeah. that whole chase sequence was like total chaos, but in an excellent way, like a really oh, fucking was, fun way. It was like the like it's the realization of like a proper Batmobile chase, right? Yeah, like it's not like because like the eighty nine Batmobile is cool looking, but obviously couldn't drive very well. Like you couldn't do a real <laughs> chase in it at all, <laughs> right? And then the Tumblr is cool as shit. But like it's, but it's a still, tank, it's a tank, right? So you're, yeah. he's in no jeopardy at all. Whereas this one, like he's finally he's just in a fast muscle car that's kind of armored up and can navigate and shit, and right? can navigate and move around fast and stuff. Yeah. And obviously, he's got some fucking torque behind it. That engine, is <laughs> sweet Jesus! Yeah. The jet fire at the back of that thing looked like a butane torch times three hundred. Yeah, it was crazy at the yeah end. The, the blue flame and everything. The blue flame look, and shit, so fucking good. I, well, yeah, I really like rumbling. That. The only thing I, I he has headlights on it. I was like, Batman doesn't have fucking headlights on his car. <laughs> Some of them did. You, there are those like old school ones that had like I the, know, the but bat eyes should, and shit. The modern ones should never have bat fucking should have. They should all be screens, right? Like yeah. infrared screens or whatever you'd call it at this point. Like oh, the heads up vision. displays kind of thing, like night vision kind of yeah, like yeah, yeah. Yeah. whatever, right? So yeah. anyway, what the last couple things I had one uh, in term before we get I gripe a little bit. Uh, it was very much, unfortunately, the Batman and Riddler that our time sort of deserves. It's Batman versus a bunch of fucking like conspiracy theory, amosexual, like white domestic terrorists. Yeah, that hit a little too close to home. <laughs> yeah, when they started getting into like the, he realistically has 500 Twitter followers, and then like 20 of them show up with guns because yeah. that's kind of about the realistic like ratio of people who would actually show up for this kind of thing. Yeah. I was like, yeah, this is feeling a little bit too realistic now. Like, I don't need Batman, my Batman movie, to feel like my reality all the yeah, time. Exactly. Like, I'm, like, yeah, like if I go to any public place, I'm in danger of fucking like getting massacred by QAnon idiots or whatever. Well, you are technically. Well, maybe not up here, but you were when you were living in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. like, there you go. So, but that, and then also, you know, I did appreciate the how they dealt with kind of the whole ruling class of Gotham sort of thing where, you know, it was like the what they'd say straight up, like the Waynes, the Canes, what the cobble pots and one other yeah, the Arkham's or something like that that are like, yeah. you know, basically the the uh oligarch class of the city kind of thing. So I, I I appreciate them bringing that into it. And it also made it also made Ben Shapiro not fucking like the movie, and and that is that's just fine. A, a bonus for me. But that's been something they've been using as like fodder for the comics for a long time. Is like oh, yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of like old school, yeah. the old money of Gotham, right? Yeah, the, the the bridges of Gotham stories and all that, and yeah. Else, I thought Tur- John Turturro was a pretty inspired choice for Carmine Falcone. I thought he did a pretty solid job in that in that role. 
Uh, he's been in uh, 14 of the Transformers movies, so I hate him by proxy oh, at this no. point. <laughs> so like, when he showed up, I was like, ah, oh, fuck, because I hate him in the Transformers movies. But he's pretty good in this. Like, I didn't hate him. I, I would have gone with somebody else, obviously, because I would never cast John Turturro in anything after having him been in five of those Transformers. Just awful Michael Bay Transformers movies. But he was good just, in this. So yeah, I love him from like the stuff he did in the nineties, like, like, yeah, shit, like yeah. Lebowski or I mean, like God, uh, quiz show or shit. Like my that. life is based on the big Lebowski at this point. Like <laughs> I want to be the dude more than I want to be anything else in the world now. Yeah. That's my aspiration in life is to be that big a waste of existence. To just bowl. I can't bowl. Unfortunately, that's the biggest takeaway is that I can't bowl. My back's too <laughs> fucked up. Anyway, John Turturro, no, he was good in this, but yeah, I have issues. So. Yeah, and then uh, I mean, just the tension and suspense levels, just oh, yeah. super fucking high throughout, right? Especially like that confrontation between Riddler and Batman is just written and shot so well to really just fucking ramp that tension up to yeah. fucking like fifteen, right? Yeah, no, they did a really good job of like making this feel like a proper like crime thriller. Yeah, which I was the intent. Clearly, they didn't quite. They have, we haven't quite got that since like the Dark Knight in, in a Batman like project. You know what I mean? Like this felt like a real like like a real city, and this is a real problem wrapping and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Like it felt very fleshed out, like, like very well. Uh, yeah, I I don't have a ton of gripes about this movie, honestly. Like as we move into gripes, um, yeah. the big one is the Robert Pattinson thing, which I, we've talked <laughs> about. It is too long. Is kind of the the other that big was one, my biggest one. Yeah, the third act in particular drug quite a bit for me. And it had at least one false ending that I was like, yeah. oh, that, that's not the end. Okay, we're still going on with this. It, it kind of had a little Return of the King syndrome to me where it had like four bit. endings. And I yeah. was like, all right, I don't, this fine, whatever. And, and I already said, like, I, I literally did start like dropping off and like nodding off a little bit during Bruce and Alfred, like whispering to each other in the hospital kind of thing. I was like, all right, does this need to be? I felt like it was like 10 minutes long. And I was like, oh, I didn't God. mind that because I thought that was the best Pattinson was in these movies was when he was across from either Zoe Kravitz and was a, like, it wasn't the early day, like of their relationship where he's still just so fucking hard. He can't think straight in front of her, but like towards the end, they got a little bit better about the way they were interacting. And mm-hmm. then like his interactions with Alfred, which is why I was disappointed. They took Alfred out. And that's another big gripe of mine is that like Alfred just gets wiped out of this movie. Yeah, I hope we get more from but, him. In yeah. The next movies. I thought he was at his most human and you never really get a lot of Bruce Wayne in this movie because he's under the cowl so much. Mm-hmm. And the little bit you do get is mostly him with Alfred. And yeah. I thought that's when Pattinson was at his best. And like, cause he hasn't quite figured Alfred out the dichotomy him, right? yet. Right. Exactly. Right. So Alfred kind of disarms him and he hasn't quite figured out the dichotomy of like, there is one dude in here. And occasionally I go out and I beat criminal ass as the Batman. And occasionally I go out and I have to go fuck, socialites and buy horse shit that I can't like I gotta go do that you, yeah. you can see him figuring out he has to like he's wandering around Gotham and people treat him like he's a fucking rich, rich weirdo yeah they're gonna figure out he's Batman if he keeps wandering around like that he has to start putting on the Christian Bale act probably in the next movie and clearly Alfred is this Alfred is like trying to get yeah. him to realize that he still needs to have some sort of life yes exactly and like that and like when he's with alfred he's the center bruce right like the real bruce the in the cave bruce like the way i like to say the in the cave bruce he's Mm -hmm. finally only that character with alfred in this movie so uh, when they take alfred out of it an hour into the movie i'm like oh (laughs) interesting yeah my only my last and this is my last big fucking gripe is shoehorning the joker in yeah it did feel really off it kind of just took 
me out of like the movie because then it, it stopped feeling because I was super engaged. I was like, I'm in this. I'm watching this. I don't like how dumb this Bruce is, but I guess that's just the character. You know what I mean? Like I'm kind of upset about that kind of stuff. I'm a hundred percent into the story. And then they, all of a sudden they're like, I'm like, we're at Arkham Asylum and we're going to have a chat with the Joker. What studio fucking suit hack decided that this was a good idea? It definitely did feel very much like studio interference. Right. And then I'm out and I'm like, well, there it is. Right. And it kind of just dragged me out of the last, like the last 15 minutes of the movie where I was still processing the end, like the denouement of the actual plot. And then like him having the conversation and stuff with the Joker, everything around it was just like, I don't care anymore. Why did you do that? <laughs> Yeah, like it was completely. It took all the wind. It did take a lot of the wind out of it for me too. Yeah, I agree. They should have just tagged that at the end. That should have been the stinger. If they'd done that as the stinger, I'd have been like, "Fine, fuck it. It's a throwaway." Better than yeah. making me sit around. You just ignore it for if you want extra to. Fucking ten minutes of credits for a little bit of text on the screen at the end. That was worse yeah. than the goddamn bell at the end of Endgame. Like the <laughs> Tony hitting the anvil. Oh, yeah. I was pissed, and I had to pee again. So, like, goddamn, we are movies. Also. This movie's too fucking long. There was like 25 minutes in the middle of this movie that could have just yeah, gone. Same. Holy shit. Too long. <laughs> I know I say that a lot, but this one is legit. Like it's three hours long. It is completely unnecessarily three hours long. It does kind of help with the mood. It doesn't feel like it at first. It's when you get into that third act, like the long third acts, and you kind of denude the main thrust of the story. And we're just doing like Bruce and Selena look into each other's eyes longingly for fucking half an hour. Yeah. And I'm like, I got to piss. Nobody cares. You know, yeah. <laughs> you're just sitting there. Oh, I don't know. So yeah, too long. Yeah. The only other things I'm, I'm still not crazy about gimp mask Riddler like that. That character design just does not really work fully for me. I don't know how you do Riddler in this without like making it look awkward um, or whatever or but Klux clammy at this point like i don't yeah. know what else to do I agree like i didn't i didn't love it but if they're going for that seven kind of practical and i like the way they paid off the practicality of it where like all his guys were able to very easily to grab that kind yeah, of stuff retreat. i was like that kind of works out it was at least green and had a question mark on it so i was like <laughs> fine we're gonna have a question mark maybe i'm just thinking about my poster where i kind of put it on the pocket and oh. I kind of thought that was from the art because it's from the key art, I think, that I copied that from. So okay. uh, maybe I maybe I saw it there and was like, oh, the, he scratched it into the pocket. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, maybe. at least it was green. It was green. It was it was it was dark green, but it was. And he green. sends riddles. He does send a lot of riddles. Because he does, does a lot of riddling. But so yeah, no, I agree. Like it was, it's a it's a it's a choice. But he's not going to be in a bowler hat and a fucking you know suit. no exactly yeah i knew right? that, that was so, gonna happen and so. it's not gonna be frank gorshin in a fucking onesie like pelvic thrusting his little dick at you so like <laughs> i don't know man kind of miss frank gorshin energy though at this point yeah a chaotic fucking yeah i mean this was chaotic yeah. but in a different way like, evil imp i always like frank yeah. gorshin's riddler so there was one cop this was just something that i found kind of distracting did you notice that one cop that had like a godfather like brando like vito corleone accent Yes, I did. Yeah. And I was like, why why is he talking like that? It's just distracting. Stop doing your fucking Brando. I don't know. Some some of the some <laughs> there's some decisions in some of the acting where I was like some of the bit parts. There's cause there's the cop who stops Bruce from walking into the first murder scene, or stops Batman, I guess I should say. And he like he puts his hand on his chest and I'm like, what cop has got the balls to what Batman or like what cop in Gotham ever has had the balls to touch Batman that early on in his career? They're usually like and kept his hand. Of him. 
Yeah, I've kept his head also. You know the <laughs> other thing that bothered me about Pattinson? This is my last thing, all right? I bitched about the cow. The cape. Close the cape. He never closes the cape. You know what I mean? He's supposed to be the dark, <laughs> mysterious Batman. He never does that animated series thing where he walks with it, like, kind of cowled up. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah. Like, sealed yeah. up at the front or, like, at least closed over, over his shoulders. Yeah, He's always it's just always walking around with over his stuff. shoulders. And I'm like, that looks lame. Do just, they haven't done it since Keaton, I think, where they've had him walk around with it draped over his shoulders properly. Yeah. I did I appreciate it. it a couple they, times, but like, yeah. they, I wish they'd done that, especially if they're going to do him like wandering out of the shadows constantly. Do the one where like the cape swooshes out of the shadows too. Like, use the cape as a character. It is when we draw him. Yeah. They kind of ignore it. So I did I don't appreciate know, that, that they had some of the, the Riddler's acolytes like grab the cape. Like they were yes. showing it as a liability as well as an advantage kind of thing. Yeah. And that was, that was a nice little moment. Yeah. Yeah. That was about it. I had anything else you wanted to talk about before we, I just wanted to ask you, like, do you, you do want, do you want to see more of this Batman being like our resident Batman expert? I don't care anymore. No, that's the thing that I, I realized when I walked into this movie is that I don't really care anymore. Like they're going to do whatever they're going to do. They're never going to get it right for me. Right. Like, the way Warner Brothers operates, they're never going to get Batman the way I want Batman to be portrayed in film because they're just they're never going to do it. There's always going to be some artisty reason for it not to happen. The way Matt Reeves or Chris Nolan have had it happen both times, where it's like we want it to be so grounded you can't even do something supernatural in this world. And then everybody like when they did do the supernatural stuff because last time they tried it, we got Joel Schumacher movies that nobody wants to repeat. <laughs> So, like, I get it. I understand it. But, like, I kind of want that version of Batman. And, like, I realize now, as a 40-year-old man, that I can get that version of Batman whenever I want by replaying the Arkham games or reading the comics. So that's fine. Do I wish they would go that way a little bit more? Yeah, because we just got a really earnest, very grounded version of Batman with three movies in a row. And it was awesome. And this might be just as good as those, but it's just going to be more of the same kind of thing to me at this point, right? Yeah. Like, because now, like, what are we going to do next? Now we're clearly doing Joker for the sequel. Yeah. What, what are the fuck that, where have we done that before? Right? Like, we're, at the very least, we're getting Joker for two or three. Probably three. If they're smart, they won't do two. Then you're just getting Dark Knight comparisons all up the wazoo. And you don't want that. Right? Do it in the third one. Pay it off. Maybe he sticks around for a second trilogy and we do another like set of them or whatever. I don't know. Are you super invest, like, invested? I like, like, I... aspects of this a lot. But like, yeah, I'm pretty invested in this Gotham, I think. Like yeah. I, I'm like I said, I'm pretty pumped to see that Jeffrey Wright, like Commissioner Gordon doing more, you know, Gotham Central kind of shit. Yeah, so like, are you like really like into like when the shows come out? See, that's where I'm kind of like, eh, I'm sure we'll watch them because we're doing this. Yeah. But like, if I wasn't doing this podcast, would I watch those? After, After watching this Gotham movie? and Batwoman? Yes, I'm, I'm willing. Well, I'm 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 looking forward to something that has like HBO production quality, not CW production quality. I'll agree with that 100 percent. It has been quite of a treat. We were getting treated a lot better on TV than you are, basically, is my, yeah. as, a, as a Marvel zombie. <laughs> Marvel versus I guess. DC. Yeah. yeah, like we're getting a treated and we have been for a long time. Like, obviously, Daredevil was amazing. And that's 10 years old now. Right. Yeah. And like, we're still getting good TV shows now, whereas like DC has been like, like the Flash was fun for a season or two. Yeah, but like no longevity. The only show that's had longevity for me so far is Doom Patrol. Three solid years. Yeah, but other than that, no, they all kind of shit the bed eventually. So yeah, I guess for, like you're so you're more interested in those shows. I'm not. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Right. Like I want another one of these movies because I want to see more Batman stuff. But like, do I want to watch Penguin become Penguin? 
probably if it's good. Yeah. I, I think Barry Keoghan will make an interesting Joker that will fit in this world pretty well. So I, I'm not crazy about the way that they introduced him. But yeah, I want to see that movie. I want to see Pattinson Batman up against see, Barry Keoghan Joker. That's going to be an interesting one for me because I don't like either of those actors now. Yeah, like, I didn't like Barry Keoghan in, in, in Eternals. Like I just found him punchable. So which I mean, <laughs> is good for him as the Joker. Like you're supposed to want to punch the Joker in the face. But like I don't like the actor's face, period. I don't know how that's going to work out. And I'm already kind of like lukewarm on this Batman. So I'm like, ah, all right. Ooh, we'll see how it turns out. Yeah. I don't know. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. So let's uh, rate and review. What do you, what are you thinking? Like, what did you, I I'd say like nine out of 10, I think it treads new ground with Batman while also providing some unique takes on some of the more well-trodden Batman tropes. I think it could have been about 15 or 20 minutes shorter. There are a couple of minor production design choices that I, that didn't really resonate with me, but I would say overall I was, I was found myself to be like pretty drawn in and captivated and immersed in it. So good job, Matt Reese. Yeah. uh, I'm going to give it an eight out of 10. I had a couple more issues with it, obviously, but I think overall, like it's a, like for a Batman movie in 2022, it's totally worth going out and seeing. I don't think you're going to get anything better than this at this point. So <laughs> take cool. what you can get, take what you can get while you can and, get it. And definitely. If it's safe to do so, go fucking see it in a big fucking theater. Like it is, yeah, it is a, it's totally worth watching. And it's like, I, and like, I've been really leery about all this shit again, but like, yeah, it was totally worth going to see, uh, in sound the wise, like yeah. picture wise, everything sort of thing. I'm looking forward to going to see it again, actually, even though like, cause now I've kind of like, aired my grievances about it like i'm yeah. kind of looking for just kind of look, i want to go look at it again more than anything else and i say look at it in terms of like just like really kind of do like my tech analysis like look at the shooting and stuff like that which i didn't really do this time i was just kind of watching the movie mm-hmm. so i try not to ruin the movie for myself when i'm watching it the first time <laughs> by like yeah. doing the podcast mark like dissection of it the first time through because otherwise it just turns into like i hate these all the time yeah. all right so Let's move on to Geek Cred so we can get out of here. This exceptionally long Batman episode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My Geek Cred for this week, as part of my vacation last week, I was in Palm Springs for a wedding. So go to Palm Springs for a wedding? Is that what you're trying to suggest? Yeah. No, the, the, that was the main main reason for the trip. But uh, one thing I didn't really realize, Palm Springs is one of those places I would never really like go i never would have like chosen to go on my own it just kind of wasn't on my radar yeah it turned out to be really cool because it's got like all kinds of mid-century architecture which alicia and i are both really into and mid-century design including the artist and designer shag i'm guessing you're familiar with shag yeah Yeah, it does like you know all kinds of like very stylized mid-century prints and stuff Mm -hmm. like that has very distinctive style uh he has a a gallery and store in palm springs that we went to and his art, like he's he's done stuff in he's done a bunch of stuff for Disney because like Disney, obviously, especially with yeah. like theme parks, like really falls into yep. that mid-century design. So like he's done Star Wars prints, Marvel prints, but he also just does a lot of just like mid-century, you know, vibes and, and sort of murals and stuff like that as well. Yep. And so uh, I, I'm just going to go ahead and recommend that you check out his art if you're into that sort of mid-century aesthetic. There's all sorts of cool stuff in there. We end up bringing home a set of uh, coasters that have like four of his prints posted on them and uh, printed on them and shit. And so for my geek cred this week, that's cool, though. You should go. Everybody should go check that guy out. His stuff's awesome. Yeah. My geek cred this week. International Women's Day is today as we're recording this. Mm-hmm. And the fine folks at Crave saw fit to give us an episode of Letter Kenny 
that is about oh, international women's day. It is crude and disgusting <laughs> as all get out. I love every second of it. Ladies, you're in for a treat. That's their holiday episode this season. Yeah, is International nice. Women's Day this year, and it was fucking hilarious. I watched it uh, just before dinner, like before we recorded, and I was fucking dying. So go check out that episode of Letterkenny if you are a Letterkenny aficionado. Otherwise, thank you for listening. This has been episode 292 of Dance Robot Dance. If you haven't already, you can subscribe to us via any podcatching app anywhere. Uh, our main post is on podbean.com. Uh, you can get us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or fuck Spotify. If you have any thoughts about anything we talked about this week, you can hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast. I am back into my Facebook account now after having a little pickup <laughs> last week. But, you know, I don't really go on Facebook that often anyway. So, and I was eating my battery. I was having a real hard time with it on my phone. So I just kind of like, that's yeah, weird. Deleted it. I'm like, fuck it. <laughs> you don't get to be on my phone anymore, Facebook. You can email us, dancerobotdancepodcast at gmail.com or tweet at drd underscore podcast. Uh, I've been here with Tim. He's at drd underscore Tim on Twitter. Say goodnight, buddy. I'm vengeance. Yeah, see, uh, you say it better than he does. Like, he's softer <laughs> about it. He's more like, I'm vengeance. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. That's, that's spot, the way he was doing it. On, I, Mark. I, I fucking nailed it. Fucking nailed it. That's my Tom Holland does Batman right there. <laughs> whatever i'm mark i'm on twitter at m underscore willette or on instagram at mt underscore willette for as long as instagram and facebook still fucking function on my equipment i guess we'll see how long that lasts (laughs) we will see you next week sometime early next i don't know what's going on anymore we'll put this episode out as soon as possible and then figure out what we're going to do for next week i guess i don't know later (laughs) bye